Welcome everyone to the Milk It Podcast, the podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. As always, I'm David Davis. And... your boy, Boo Lamont. And here it is. It's episode 30. It had been a while, but we're back. Do not fear, we are here. Can you imagine episode 30, the big 3-0? We had loads of ideas for today's show, but as you can hear in the background, the orchestra are warming up. We are here live at the Royal Albert Hall, and it is an auspicious occasion because the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra have agreed for one night only they are going to play the greatest hits, the moments that you long to hear again of the Milky Podcast. I am honoured, as I'm sure my co-host is, Mr. Boulamont. Absolutely, Dave. It is an absolute honour to be here at this prestigious building, as you said, at the Royal Albert Hall, and with the band warming up behind us, getting ready to play the greatest hits of the Milking It Podcast gonna be quiet what i told oh fuck me i told you you need to record four minutes of sound effect in the background otherwise it's good every fucking time dude i'm sorry i've got the So, as we say, it's episode 30. Can you imagine? We made it all the way to episode 30. It's been a little bit of time, hasn't it, Boo? We've, uh, we've, it's been a, a couple of weeks since the last episode. Normally, oh, we... Dave, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I know the Milksters have been raring to go for episode 30. Absolutely. And um, thank you very much. This may well be one of the first episodes some people are hearing, because our listenership has jumped yet again. Um, I, I'm presuming, because of some of the coverage we've had from uh, interviews and bits and pieces that we've done, and, and, and other people uh, recommending us, and sort of tagging on to the uh, the runaway cart of success that is the uh, the Tits podcast. But uh, yes, we, we are getting more and more people listening every time. So if you're new to the Milking It podcast, welcome. It's a it's an open church. Any Anyone can worship here. Uh, we are just gl- glad that you are, uh, found us and that you're on board. Um, getting some really good responses as well on Facebook uh, via the milkingitpodcast.com. So if you want to get involved, get in part of that group and you can join us in our sort of daily discussions, really. The stuff that goes up there pretty much every day. But uh, yes, so we've got about two weeks worth of uh, geeky stuff to discuss. Then um, obviously most of which will be condensed around the last couple of days because as of when we're recording... Something special has been happening in California, Boo. Uh, The San Diego Comic-Con has nearly come to a close, but my God, what a huge event it's been this year. Mm. Movie news out of the arse. Absolutely. I think it... it, I mean, we we discussed this um, previously, but it's become the place to have your... If there's any sort of geek culture as part of your movie, it's become the place. It's usurped a lot of other conventions and a lot of other um, ways of getting your your stuff out there. I think that there is a big deal about when in the states, especially when they say about like the um, the Super Bowl adverts and getting your teaser trailer on there or your trailer on there. I think it's equally as important to have 
your presence at Comic-Con. And we will be discussing that in full as we rattle through this week's Geek News. Geek News! So, Booley, um, we'll avoid Comic-Con to begin with. Because there is a, a, a titload of stuff to discuss. Uh, no offence meant to uh, the uh, Hope the Insane Tape Show podcast. Um, but there is a lot of stuff to discuss from Comic-Con. There's some bits that we missed from the last time we spoke to you guys to now. So should we cover a few of those bits first? Hey, why don't you hit us with a bit of British news first? Because obviously this is stuff that wouldn't be covered in San Diego. Okay, we can start with a bit of uh, geeky news. Um, a... A bit of sad news to begin with. Uh, we, we like to bring it down right at the beginning. But nice. um, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, um, we, we've mentioned the magazine several times. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, it, it's, um, th- there's a magazine, or was a magazine, as I should say, in the, the UK. And I know it was very popular around the world. It was extremely popular, as I believe the saying is, with the boys. Um, because it was very photo heavy and uh, journalistically quite in uh, like quite good uh a power slam wrestling magazine um a magazine that we've talked about whenever we've discussed various top fives on here um and uh, everything else and a magazine that uh, i i've been reading since day one i bought that first uh, edition that had owen hart on the cover back in the day um and they have come to an end it's uh, finn martin the editor has said in the latest magazine that this is the last one they're going to do due to dwindling sales and and various other reasons he tries to uh, cite in his diatribe um that he will only reveal can you imagine in his next project that you can purchase but um yeah it's uh, it's a shame it, it, i don't think it was a surprise i mean we've we've talked off air about this a couple of times i think that uh, the end was nigh for power slam magazine but uh, sad, mean- sad to see it go it started many years ago in the mid-90s. Oh. Uh, it used to be called Superstars of Wrestling. And, I mean, yeah. back in those days, it was very rare to have internet in the UK. Yes. Um, it was um, something only the very rich uh, could afford. I mean, d- d- good old dial-up. Um, so for, for kids like us, that was the only way that we were going to get our news um, about certain American wrestling promotions because, of course, we yeah. had WWF, as it was known then, um, available on Sky and not yeah. everyone had Sky there was WCW which they showed late night on ITV one o'clock in the morning if you were lucky so I mean for a lot of and ECW didn't get a look in at all so in the early days um, that was as close to like internet as we could get so you know that introduced me to so much um, I, I mean my wrestling fandom started much later uh, when it was already Power Slam and I mean that was my gateway drug if you will to, to promotions like Pro Wrestling Noah, New Japan, or Japan, AAA, in Mexico, um, that there was just no way I had access to. And I uh, just reading mm. like, how good the Japanese wrestling scene was and how good the Mexican wrestling scene was and how good the uh, the independent American promotions were. I mean, before, in, in England, before Power Slam, it was WWF or nothing, um, mm. or WCW. I mean, it's a, it's a great shame, but um, I'm to understand that... <clears throat> The quality of the magazine's come down somewhat over the past few years. It's become a bit opinionated um, against certain wrestling promotions. And um, and now, obviously, internet is everywhere. Magazine sales are dwindling on every yeah. every subject, not just this. 
and I'm not surprised that a niche, and as much as we love professional wrestling, it's, yeah, it is a niche, yeah, definitely. People, and it's just not, a, it's just not a viable business model to keep open a magazine when you can get the same up-to-date news with a click of a button. I think that that was the thing is that I, I mean, speaking as myself, and like I say, I was a big fan of it. I, I got it since day one. I was buying it more out of a sort of nostalgia thing because I was used to buying you know power stamp every month it's like the the stuff in the news i'd read because i read e-wrestling.com or you know the the various wrestling websites that are out there um all pretty much just rehashing dave Meltzer's news but um yeah it, it is a shame to see it go and you know it, it is always a shame when when these things these uh, sort of institutions that you remember growing up um like you i i found ecw through power slam magazine um it was the first it was seeing pictures of like public enemy and it was when they first changed over from eastern championship wrestling to extreme championship wrestling so obviously when when paulie Ed, took over from paulie, the Ed, owner uh, yeah took over from eddie gilbert who yeah, done one and disappeared off um so it, it was just a weird little world the only guy i recognized in the pictures was cactus jack because obviously he'd been on wcw television that I'd, I'd watched a little bit of and i was a bit of a fan of cactus um but yeah it, it, it was one of those things and then i remember and again we've mentioned this before the tape trading being advertised in the back and there was one of the writers for the magazine who used to do tape trading and i ended up getting my first vhs of um, like a compilation of ecw uh, various matches you could ask for various matches that you wanted to see so you know it, it's thanks to that magazine that i ended up a bigger wrestling fan than i am now you know because I, I did get into those things i never got into the japanese wrestling I, I i know bits and pieces about japanese wrestling from stuff that people recommend that i watch but i was never a, a real japanese wrestling fan I, I i actually i actually yeah no the, the japanese wrestling scene was covered nearly exclusively in power slam there was no mm. other magazines at the time and also i mean i've just sorry to cut in i've just had huh? a, one of my memories of the first article that i read in power slam magazine uh, it was in uh, mid-2000, uh, early 2001, and um, the article was called Triple H, That Damn What? And it was one of the most controversial articles because everyone loved Triple H's work, right? Yeah. Everyone loved Triple H as a character at that point, and everyone thought he was the nuts. And this article came out against him, and I had never read an article against Triple H, and it really opened my eyes to journalistic opportunities um, when it came to wrestling, I, um, I, you know, it really did open my eyes up, and I thought, you know, there are other opinions. There is independent opinions that are different from the from the, from the crowd. Yeah, completely. I, I think I think you're right. I think they they did suffer from, um, you know, like any sort of print media, there was an agenda behind a lot of stuff that they wrote about. Um, they were very very reluctant to get involved in covering anything to do with mixed martial arts when that really boomed and ufc was really big a few years ago it took a lot for them to even give it like a, a half a page of the magazine when you think well actually other magazines that are still going very much so embraced both and and very much embraced the british wrestling scene which power slam never really did it was it was a, a hard thing to get anything out say of that but i would never i mean to be honest i could kind of i can kind of credit power slam with getting me on the British scene because they had a very, very tiny little section. Do you remember the, like, there was like four pages of news yep. um, for each promotion 
kind of at the beginning of the magazine and there was just this a tiny little bit about British wrestling and they advertised a show that Jerry Lynn was going to be on in the oh. UK and I thought holy shit I've got to go and check that out because hmm. like I love Jerry Lynn he's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time and um, that's my first FWA show that's where I found the address of my wrestling the wrestling school I first attended and you know without Power Slam I wouldn't have known A I wouldn't have known about the show and B I certainly wouldn't have found out about the FWA and the FWA Academy so here you go no, totally. It was good for that kind of thing, and um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to Dino as well previously, friend of the show, Dino Peppers. Um, that you know, there was. Uh, I remember back in the day when it first started, they they used to be involved with advertising quite a lot of Hammerlock wrestling. Do you remember Hammerlock? Of course, course. Yeah, of course. Andre yeah. Baker's, uh, yeah, and both. It's still about Dave. Wow. Um, okay. That, the, uh, that I went to a, I went to a Hammerlock show last year, which the uh, friend of the show and. I'm a friend of friend of all of us. The Amazon Aisha Ray oh, okay. um, wrestled on in Tunbridge in Kent in the UK yeah. last year. Well, so, they, I was going to say they were they were based in Kent, I think, when they originally. Or they, they were yes, yes. It was uh, it was based down in uh, Dartford. Um, mm. And yeah, they yeah. But I, so I went. I mean, I attended a Hamlock show as recently as like, like last year. So they're still about. Um, I'm not sure it's an NWA affiliate anymore though. I think it's just Hamlock now. Right. Cool. Well, I, I remember them advertising quite heavily in there about their wrestling camps and stuff back in the day. And um, I remember planning to go on. Uh, <laughs> and yes, can you believe old D uh, originally thought that he could possibly be good enough to step in the ring and become a professional wrestler. Um, and uh, I I didn't end up going because I, I couldn't get the time off work. But you've been would, a great comedy worker, dude. You would have been a great comedy wrestler. If if it had worked out, it would have been the same camp that Dino went on. So we would have met a lot earlier than we actually did, and I'm sure probably would have hated each other. But uh, as it turns out, we're we're podcast chums, so that's okay. But yeah, so Power Slam magazine uh, closing its doors, not a massive surprise. Uh, Finn Martin, the editor. Um, has said that he has got plenty more things in the works. He's doing a series of ebooks, I believe, about the Power Slam years. Um, so the history of pro wrestling throughout the time that the magazine's been going, but also giving some behind the scenes stuff on the people that they've interviewed because they have interviewed pretty much everybody in yeah. the industry across the years. Um, uh, who was good, who was bad, who was indifferent, uh, who they'd never work with again. So that'd be interesting to see exactly what uh, Finn Martin does with that, and I wish him all the best in the future. But you know, thank you very much to Power Star Magazine. It meant wish a lot. you the best in your future endeavours. Next bit that we uh, need to discuss. Uh, this happened, or was announced, should I say, uh, about 10 days ago, um, but we haven't had time to talk about it. Mr. Lamont held back on uh, on the milkypodcast.com when asked, there has been some changes to some Marvel characters. And as we know, Boo is our Marvel guy. Yes, there's been a couple of changes. One which infuriates me greatly and one which I'm, I'm, I'm OK with. And I, I don't want to come across as uh, some kind of comic book sexist. Um, we might as well start with the, the, the lesser of two evils, and that is the Captain America uh, the new Captain America is going to be the Falcon. Yes, essentially, yes, they're going for that uh, that idea. Um, I don't have a problem with that. They made Nick Fury black. They've made Captain America black. I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. It's it, it makes sense in a storyline. It makes sense in in a storyline way. Um, the Falcon's obviously very very close to Cap America, and if Cap America is going to die, 
then he, then you know there should be someone to take up the mantle. Captain America is a is a symbol upon himself. He's he's the red, white, and blue. And um, you know, to have someone that close to you, uh, it makes sense for Falcon to take over the, the mantle. No, completely. And like I say, it, the fact that it's written into a storyline, it's not a reboot of a, a character. They are, you know, actually weaving it into to a reason for this character to to uh, become African American. Um, it, it does make a lot more sense than the other character that has been mentioned recently. Oh, if we're going to go quickly, I'm going to refer to as Thora Heard. <laughs> uh, well, I heard about it too, and boom, boom. There we go. Um, Thank you. Yes, so Thor. Mm reinvented as a lady okay i got no problem with female superheroes at all i got no problem with the wonder woman's your power girls your hawk women your hawk girls like they're that's fine but you don't fuck with a with a with a with a formula like thor okay thor's based on mythology he's an existing character in other things other than than the marvel universe the other thing is molyneux the hammer says any man that is worthy any man man that is worthy may lift the hammer of thor blah 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 hmm. it just doesn't make sense to make it it's pandering to this fucking excuse me like this this current trend of kind of aggressive feminism I'm, I, again i don't i'm not a masculinist I, I i believe in equality for all sexes but it is it's pandering to that to that aspect of, of society at the moment and there's no need. There is no need. Women are very, very, very well represented in comic books. The, the positive reaction to the unveiling of, of Wonder Woman in the movies, which we will talk about later on in the show. Yes. But, um, yeah. you know, there are a lot of positive and, and strong and powerful women in comic books. Um, I mean, you know, for example, Batgirl, um, you know, Bat- Batwoman, Oracle. I mean, that's something else that pissed me off recently, Dave. Why that the new costume looks fucking ridiculous. Anyone that thought it was a good idea to put Batgirl in Doc Martens is fucking nuts. Um, but, <laughs> I don't it made me so angry when I saw it. I was like, that's so impractical. I mean, well, I want, I want, you know, ugh, we'll get on to the Batgirl thing. But I, I, I'm just totally dead against this. Um, someone who <laughs> is a little less um, tactful than me said, I guarantee she comes out as a lesbian. In the next, in, in like a few issues, and then a few issues after that, she'll be gone, and Thor the man will be back. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I think it is just a case of they'll do something different with the character, they get some headlines out of it, and then it changes back after the seven issues of that particular run of the comic and stuff. But uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think, it, yeah. In, I mean, in the Thor universe, you've always, you've already got a wonderful female character in Lady Sith, and she is a wonderful, she's a wonderful female warrior you know she's a warrior you know she's a and and a really cool character not just in the movies in the comic books as well i mean that changes that dynamic as well Mm. which is unfortunate you know unless as my less tactful friend said she does come out as a lesbian in which case you're going to have that kind of issue of um thor where thor snogs lady sith hopefully in a shower while hitting each other with pillows Dear Lord, welcome to the Milking It podcast, kids. Um, <laughs> All you new milksters, this isn't what it's generally like. Honestly, I promise you. No, I, I, I can see what you're saying, and I, I, 
there has been a lot of characters changed for change sake so it, it depends on like you're saying about the the captain america thing it depends on the storyline if there's you know if the story's good and the you know the, the graphic novel turns out to be a, a good sort of story arc to it then you can kind of understand why they're doing it the thor one does smack a little bit of oh we're trying to get some headlines so wait and see with that one i think but uh, overall um, an interesting time for the marvel universe and, and plenty more coming from the marvel universe uh, later on uh, the, in this episode kids so stay tuned um next thing i was going to mention actually excuse me uh, while we're talking about sort of general geek news and sort of tv type stuff uh, did you get a chance to watch the monty python uh, one down four to go live experience you know what, Dave? I haven't. I am going to watch it eventually, but I just... Mm. I feel like I'm going to have an overbearing sense of sadness watching it. Yeah. Mm. I felt the same going into it, uh, but I've watched it three times now. <laughs> um, it was... Um, we, I mean, we spoke about this probably episode four or five. They just announced it um, yes. about a year ago when they said they were coming over and they were going to do one show and then it turned into I think it was 10, 10 days was it they did I think um, <clears throat> and people came literally from all over the world I mean I know you had friends who came over from America to see it and Indeed. Um, she, she was very very ecstatic to see them live um, and uh, she said it was a fantastic show great atmosphere mm. and that's what, that's what came across was that it was just you were amongst friends watching that show um it was it was a greatest hits package which is everything we thought it would be but they were all on form um there were some wonderful moments in it uh on the they showed the very last one live on the tv um i didn't get tickets to it because obviously I'm, i'm nowhere near london now um but it was just it was just wonderful it was it was like i say greatest hits but it played out really well the way they'd worked the music into it was wonderful the cast who were basically dancing around the original members um, as they kind of stumbled on and did their lines and then stumbled off again. It just, it was really good. um, Just the production value was very high as you'd expect from that sort of show. They clearly realized they need to do more than one show to pay for that kind of stuff. Um, But no, I would urge any milksters, if if you're fans of comedy, check it out. It's done over a million dollars worldwide because they showed it in um, cinemas in various countries. Um, and it's done really, really well. Uh, there is a DVD and Blu-ray out later in the year with a load of backstage footage and everything else. But uh, yeah, it was absolutely excellent. I would I'd definitely recommend it. Yeah, no, she's um, my, my friend said um, that when the, the show she attended, Bill Bailey was one of the special guests. He just came out and kind of unannounced. And um, Bill Bailey's fantastic. So I mean, it's definitely something I want to see. So, the, um, uh, yeah, the the one that was recorded was was interesting with the special guests. Um, the special guests provided one of only two awkward moments for the whole night um the the one was when mike myers turned up austin uh, powers what? himself yeah former snl former snl cast member mm. mike myers who everyone else had kind of embraced the the whole evening um and was just getting on board as part of this whole yeah we're part of a python thing eddie izzard had popped up earlier and the, there's a couple of other yeah, cameos that i, don't I knew eddie izzard is like one of these um these kind of contender to the throne of monty python because Absolutely. um there was a there was a program like a documentary a few years ago and eddie izzard was featured heavily mm. um in that as well yeah i think it, i mean he's good friends with eric idle and john cleese and you know, he, he's he's got involved with several projects that they've done over the years um in fact, I think he did spam a lot at one point. 
Yes, he, he did do Spamalot. Yeah, he played King Arthur in Spamalot. Um, As the round table. A <laughs> uh, little clip of that, I think. We're knights of the round table, we dance where we're able. We do routines to call a scene to put work in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot, we eat ham and jam and Spamalot. Oh, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, uh, Mike Myers turned up and was very awkward on stage, not quite getting into it and just going into utter fanboy mode and just started gushing about the fact that he was he was loving the fact he was on stage with these comedy heroes. And the, you could pretty much tell 16,000 people in the O2 arena went, no, just make us laugh. Can, can you be just just be funny, please, please? Oh, behave, Michael Myers. Yes. Oh, show us our favourite scene from the Love Guru. Oh fuck, we don't have one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Mike Myers was a little bit of an awkward moment. Um, there was also a wonderful moment, which anyone who's seen it will know what I mean. But um, there's there's a wonderful point where there's a sketch involving Michael Palin and, and John Cleese, and John starts to go off on a tangent, which is not exactly the funniest things you've ever heard he just starts pontificating as john cleese does palin reigns him in with a look <laughs> and the 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 look that he gives him is a total uh, Dave, don't I read a re- fuck about <laughs> i read a review in the magazine was this where he started talking about david beckham there was something like that yeah he started kind of rambling on about something and palin just shot him one and they just went back to the script (laughs) (laughs) it was perfect and and told you a lot about the dynamic even now between that group is that they all know when to stop fucking about and just get on with the, the the gag but yeah, so it was, it was very good. I would urge anyone to give it a go. Um, uh, we've talked about it before. They are, without a doubt, comedy legends. If that is, and, and, and because I'm a wrestling fan, I'm always uh, a bit suspicious about final appearances. But uh, yeah, if this is the final appearance, then they, they went out on a high note. It was very, very good. Dave, uh, the return of a childhood classic, but with a PC modern twist. This is the news that Super Ted is coming back to our TVs. However, Hmm. um, without... uh, I mean, this is going to be a very British affair. I'm not so sure as the availability of Super Ted to our American uh, and, uh, in fact, worldwide uh, milksters. um, Super Ted was the adventures of a superhero teddy bear... Uh, and his uh, and his sidekick, an alien with a very very camp voice called Spotty Man, yes, and uh, yes, their nemesis indeed. was a cowboy called Texas Pete, a fat guy called Bulk, Bulk yep, and an extremely homosexual skeleton by the name of Skeleton, voiced by Melvin Hughes, I believe, who was yes. uh, famous from It Ain't Half Hot Mum. Which, uh, if uh, any milksters aren't aware of it, was a slightly dubious <laughs> <laughs> sitcom off of the 70s. So, you are a blot. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I might have to try and find a little clip to put in here. Burn this flag! I'm sorry, I have no matches. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on? Depends on who I'm talking to at the time. <laughs> and now you know why we were saying what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really talking about it? Ain't half mum on the. 
on the milk. <clears> anyway, so yes, there's, the the news, <clears throat> there's the news that Super Ted will uh, mm. be uh, rebooted. I mean, this is following the news that um, from the last episode of Danger Mouse. Have they run out of ideas for British uh, kids' shows? Surely not. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> no, um, I, I, mm. I'm not sure whether they've run out of ideas or whether they're just, you know, they're, they're doing exactly what people do in terms of movies and stuff, and they just trawl through the uh, the archives. But uh, all I'll say is, why no trapdoor remake? That's what I'm waiting for. Fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, um, but no, Super Ted is, is coming back. But Dave, I mean, Banana Man, the movie, Super Ted, Danger Mouse. Um, yeah. I'm sure some other shit's been announced recently from back in the day. Bring back Count Duckula, bastards. That's what I want, a new Count Duckula with the original cast. I get get David Jason back on it. Yes, um, and explain why Nanny had her arm in a sling. We don't know what what went on, what happened. We don't know. No one's Who hit you, Nanny? Who hit you? Tell us. We, we demand <laughs> to know. Um, also, uh, yeah, talking about 80s uh, and 90s cartoons, Rainbow Bright for all Always that. Always shining uh, bright. There I, we go. I barely remember Rainbow Bright, but apparently... That's because you're a boy and it was a girl's toy, Dave. I remember Rainbow Bright. It was a very dubious doll with blonde hair and a mm. rainbow-coloured overalls. Um, long, long before... Uh, the, it became the in, uh, the, the international flag of, of, of um, that lot. <laughs> Gaydon. That lot? I'm only je- I'm je- I, I jest. In fact, there was a very funny robot chicken sketch recently about Rainbow Bright and the bad guy um, <laughs> where they talk about that very thing. Can I just say, right, I've just literally this second Googled it because I was interested to know about Rainbow Bright, yes. um, which is going to skew all of those adverts that appear on Facebook now because it's going to be in my cookies um, Rainbow Bright is a media franchise by Hallmark Cards but yes it was all based on Hallmark stuff and uh, <clears throat> seriously yeah so there you go Shirt Tales as well Shirt been... Tales I kind of remember as yeah, they were animals and what they were thinking or what they were feeling would appear written across their would have written across their chests uh, <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Again, fucking our second mention within ten minutes, but there, there's a there's a robot chicken sketch recently where one of the shirt tails is on a date. Oh dear God! And, uh, <laughs> and yes, everything she's thinking comes up on a t-shirt, and it's quite obvious that she's not into the date. Uh, check out the new series of Robot Chicken, guys. That um, does sound very good. Reference tastic. Absolutely. Okay, so we've we've all learned. Look at this. You see, we are educating people, sir. Uh, we've Learning all learned is, a little is, bit. You know, it's power, Dave. Knowledge is power, and if knowledge is power, then a god. Um... <sighs> oh, nice bit of echo on that, sir. Um, okay, so right, we've we've stumbled into the world of Rainbow Bright for some reason. Um, I was hoping it'd be a brief sojourn, but uh, we seem to have uh, spent a bit of time. There. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the the other news. Let's have a look. Uh, other news outside of Comic Con. Uh, we've mentioned Monty Python. My other one would take us towards the world of professional wrestling again for two seconds. Um, last time we we got together and chit chatted our faces off. Um, we talked about Sting, did we not, sir? And did, not as um, in Fields of Gold, etc. No, but, um, no. You mentioned that Jim Ross uh, in his podcast appearance on the Stone Cold Steve Austin show yes. accidentally blew the big wad of excitement that oh, was Sting was going to be the 
um, playable legend in the upcoming WWE 2K15 game. The pre-order exclusive legend, in fact, yeah. Uh, much the same as the Ultimate Warrior was. We, we mentioned this before. Warrior, yes. Yeah, so he is definitely going to be. They they showed a trailer. They announced that he's... Uh, going to be a part of it and he's how, how cool was the trailer i got i gotta say once mm. again mm. wwe produce a fucking amazing bit of television and it, it, for those that haven't seen it or for those that aren't haven't been interesting for a while it, it's uh it was a, a black room with very dimly lit with a huge orchestra playing uh, sting's intro theme and when they turned around they were all in the black and white face paint and the man himself appeared black baseball bat in hand sting is is with us in the wwe it's showtime. Yes, indeed. And contrary to what I thought, uh, Mr. Boo seems to have predicted it correctly uh, in terms of which sting we were getting, because that was the, the other question. Mr. Yeah. David, you said that you thought it was just going to be... Of course, nothing was confirmed at this point. So, um, mm. You said that as far as you knew, it was just the black and white sting, and I said I wanted the beach sting as well. We both got our... We were both right. Look at that. Look at that. Um, That's got to be a both, first. Yep, both were available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both definitely. right at the same time. It's I'm, beautiful. I'm looking forward to the... Because I was always a fan of the crow sting thing. That I, thought, I always thought that was a cool sort of image and everything. And I know Dino will be happy because it's the, the proper WCW sting as opposed to the post-WCW Sting, which uh, he mentioned as part of his worst gimmicks of all time, which uh, we will be concluding this week, just assured, kids. Yeah, we will. We, we haven't it's, forgotten. It's, it is. it's going to be a very great, it's going to be a great 30th episode. We're going to mix up for the wrestling fans. We've got the gimmick talk and we've got, you know, obviously we've got this bit now, but um, for general geek fans, my God, we have got a bumper chat about the San Diego Comic-Con, so stick around, baby. It's, the it's coming podcast, up, kids. 30th episode. Um, yeah, so Sting's definitely here. He's definitely involved in the WWE. That was the the big deal that they were talking about. Um, jumping ahead to our Comic Con announcements and bits and pieces that happened, we can talk about it very quickly now. Um, yes, yes, yes. The WWE panel, which the, has now become a thing, thanks to he who shan't be named, CM Punk. Um, that they've got much more involved and each year now since CM Punk did his whole thing of oh I've walked out the company oh no I haven't they've had a proper panel at the Comic Con they've become part of the geek culture thing um, this year's panel was, was quite exciting because Hogan was involved okay yeah okay we've seen Hogan a few times now but it's still quite cool that he's involved as a sort of legend and everything else but there was a special surprise can you oh, imagine oh Heyman was there oh no sorry Dave no, Paul no, Heyman was right. there yes. you're absolutely right it was a great lineup already so mm. you had Heyman the immortal Hulk Hogan, and of course, uh, the goat himself, Daniel Bryan. I said that in the right order, didn't I? Yes, I think so. Yeah! Fucking Mark. So, Bryan Danielson. Um, oh, <laughs> American <shit>. Dragon. <laughs> shit! But um, uh, as a surprise guest, who should walk onto the stage after a little bit? Mm. The man himself in the black and white. This is Sting! Woo. Can you tell I'm excited about this? Yeah, I am. Yeah, and, and the thing is that... Um, We've been quite, not quite critical. We don't really talk about TNA very much, do we? Like we, we've, I could probably count the number of times we've we've talked about TNA on I don't have a problem fingers with, I, of one hand. I have no problem with I, the, the company. I don't I, have a problem with TNA. I don't no. have a problem with the product. There's some really good people in TNA. I've got a couple of friends over in TNA. I feel you really should good. be saying this in a Jim Ross voice. Cause you know, I've got a couple of, I, you know, um, uh, TNA. Wow. I got a couple of friends over in TNA, <laughs> and my advice to them would be uh, slow, slow it down. down. Uh, let the fans uh, not only see but feel. No, um, TNA. 
<laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that Missy Hyatt talking, not Jim Ross? <laughs> no, she, she, you, you could see, and she felt everybody. There we go. By God. Um, yes, anyway. Um, so, no. <laughs> so TNA, anyway, my point is, um, TNA has so little influence on the world of professional wrestling that Sting has been with TNA for, what, six years, seven years? Quite a a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For for a long time. And the moment he appeared on WWE television or even in these clips from San Diego Comic Con, I'd completely forgotten there was any time between him leaving WCW and turning up there. It was like, oh, oh my God, it's Sting. Oh, I bet it'd be brilliant to see him back in the ring again. It's like, well, I probably could because he's been wrestling for the past six years in a company that I have no interest in watching. The thing with the TNA matches is. <coughs> Excuse me. Everything WWE does is on a bigger scale than TNA. No matter how you know, mm. no matter what the product is. So there is more. It's and it's a completely different style. I reckon Sting is going to be. A, uh, we don't know whether he's wrestling a match yet. He wants to, but there is going to be more of a big match feel mm. to be in the WWE than a big match feel for Sting to be in TNA. And I mean, I bring it back to this. The last match I really heard talked about by, with Sting in it was the Jeff Hardy incident. Yes, and that was for all the wrong reasons, to be fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff was apparently quite fucked. We, I, do you know, that's still nothing's been answered to this day. Apparently, Jeff was really fucked up and Sting would not work with him. And it was a shoot pin after like 30 seconds. It was. I mean, have you have you seen that match? It's, yes, of course I have, a couple yeah, of times. It's, it's embarrassing to even... It, it's embarrassing that a company would let someone go out there in that state because you could people tell from the moment. Money, yeah. yeah, people paid money to watch that match. They should have postponed it and they should have offered refunds. That is the tradition. Well, no, yeah, completely. I think, it, it, you know, it, yeah, this could get into a long-winded discussion. But yes, um, I think you're right. Uh, but yes, I, I agree. I think a, a one-match sort of with Sting versus one of the top guys... It could be whoever Bray Wyatt or whoever they decide to put him in there with, and, and everything else. That that could be an attraction. There's there's always yeah. well the past few years there's been the kind of Undertaker Sting thing rumored, but the rumor it's mm. always been Sting and Taker, and they always said that Sting would be the one to take the streak. That streak is no longer available for grabs uh, because I don't know whether you know this, but Paul Heyman's client Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> when did this happen? I'm sorry, I'm going to have to Google this now. No, uh, yes, yeah, he's client Brock Lesnar uh, defeated the streak. the streak. He is the one. He is the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so now there's less pressure for them to just go out there and have a match. And maybe I'm the only person in the world that, that, that doesn't want to see it. I, I I can't think of anyone better for Sting to wrestle in WWE, but I also can't think of anyone else I'd particularly like him to wrestle. I Do don't. All I'd say. Cena and Sting? No, thank you. Um, who else has made it? I, Orton, I, and Sting, Orton and Sting? I'm going oh. Bray Wyatt. I'd like to see the Bray Wyatt Sting, because I think you can get some theatrics out of that as well. I think that'd be very cool. I'm, I'm racking my brains here, but I'm just I'm trying to think of someone, an alternative, but maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the guy. 
I'd, I'd go for that. If if not him, then... Um, Carly. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully there'll be that Sting-Carly match that we've all been talking about throughout the years. At least now in WWE 2K15, we can recreate that match, which I'm, uh, I'm sure we're all looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear, can Can't you wait. imagine? No, I can, can you imagine, Dave? Uh, but uh, however, despite all this, they have still not released any screenshots or gameplay footage from the actual game itself. Oh, it's just going to look like Dave. It's just going to look like last year with a bit of polish, surely. Well, you say that. However, there are two different teams working on the game. So Ukes is working on formats, the whole thing. Though. Yeah. So so you have the normal development happening for 360 and PS3. However. The guys behind NBA 2K14 are giving graphical advice to Ukes for the next-gen consoles. Now, if you've ever seen NBA 2K14, run, oh, no, it, it it's a good-looking good game. Yeah, it's a good engine, yeah. and it's a, you know, they, and, they obviously know how to push the machines they're working on. And apparently, from the footage they were showing at E3 of the John Cena model, which was literally a you can't take any pictures, you can't even talk about it thing, little things have leaked out that graphically it does look absolutely amazing. It, it depends on how the animation then, if they're just sticking decent looking models into the same standard animation we're used to from the past sort of three or four years, then that's not going to work. But I think this could be the first game that has got that sort of 2K polish to it. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. They've announced there is a, a roster reveal happening at SummerSlam, which is what happened last year and the year before. This year's is being handled <laughs> because last year's was handled by Ric Flair um and then he got so pissed that he ended up getting jim ross fired afterwards um <laughs> this year's is being handled by none other than stone cold steve austin so uh, steve austin is doing the roster reveal um at SummerSlam, as per and uh, i think they are going to be doing the symposium again with the um sort of uh, round table that they did <clears> last year with daniel bryan and dolph ziggler and um your Ray mysterio Ray he, says, oh, Ray mysterio. he yeah. said nothing yeah, he's uh, he's been very Rick... very quiet, wasn't he? Mm. Well, I, I don't know whether you want to keep this on the show. It's getting a little wrestle heavy, but there's uh, there's news that um, Rey Mysterio stopped cashing in his uh, his checks, which basically is a, is a way of getting out of your contract. Yeah, because well, his contract has ended, but they've rolled it over, saying that because he was injured for six months, they can roll his contract forward by six months. It's like what? Really? So I, I guess he's not cashing because that means that if he cashes it, he's accepting that. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like he's very, and, and again, I'm I, we've we've spoken many times about the fact that I listen to loads of different podcasts. I always listen to Conan's podcast on MLW. Um, he was talking about the idea, and as he would say, that Rey Mysterio is super unhappy. So uh, yeah, I think Ray Ray's quite happy with the idea of going and doing something else or doing nothing at all. Um, but he, I, I think he, with, he the fuck, with the fuck with the state of his fucking knees, Dave. I think doing something else might be a very good idea for Mister Mysterio. Definitely, definitely. But lest we forget, one of the reasons why, again, as we talked about ECW, one of the reasons why I loved ECW back in the day was because of the Luchadors coming in, and Ray Ray has to be, without a doubt, one of my top ten performers of all time because he. About a three falls matches that he yeah, had with, with psychosis and um, yeah, oh. were unbelievable. I've never seen so many Harakaranas in one match. That's when it meant something, kids. That's when it meant something, you little... 
fucking yard tours. What, um, what, what, you, what you need to do is slow down. Slow down. Let the, let the people uh, not just see, but feel what feel. you're doing. Dictate <laughs> the pace and, uh, and feel yeah. what you're doing. Um, so, so we go from there, sir, to the uh, other bit of TV news that I have before we... Well, no, actually, I've got a couple of bits. Um, number one, very, very quickly, the price of the Batman 66 Blu-ray. We've been talking about this Blu-ray since it was announced. It was going to come out in September, now it's November. They have announced the price for it, and it's 249 effing dollars. <laughs> Jesus in a handbag. Yeah, essentially, about $1.49 per episode. However... That still seems like a lot of money to me. Two hundred and forty-nine quid. Well, not I mean, I'm not. I'm not changing the subject. But they also just announced the Pee Wee's Playhouse um, <laughs> is has just been announced uh, on Blu-ray, what? and that also is coming in at one hundred and forty-nine ninety-nine dollars for mm. for the whole thing. It's just too much money to pay for a box set. I'm sorry, but and I've and I've always wanted to see. I've never seen it, and apparently Pee Wee's Playhouse was really popular with adults as well. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, it was more than just a kid show, but uh, and I've been it interested was, um, in seeing it. It was very. Um, what am I trying to say? Uh, it was very Andy Kaufman esque in the way that it it was just surreal in places. Yeah. It had that kind of SpongeBob surrealism to it, but it was live action. So yeah. No, if you if you've not seen it, check it out on YouTube, monsters. Because YouTube, he said the magic word. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's ve- there's a few bits and pieces on there. There's only clips, I think, of it. But it is oh, it's well worth watching. It's extremely strange, but uh, yeah, very. Uh, sorry, and yeah, straight back onto Batman. But yeah, the prices of Blu-ray are too damn high. Yeah, and I understand why because that that was the price, and I from what I've seen online since that, that was the American price for a special edition, which has um, various bits and pieces. There's like an art book and this, that and the other. And there's a, a, a replica of the Batmobile and all that kind of stuff. But still, that's a lot of money to be paying, even as, Sorry, a, as a registered retail price. In, um, <clears throat> I, I mentioned to you earlier before we were recording that I started listening to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Um, Jerry Lawler's actually got a replica, full-size replica that he drives around in of the 66 Batmobile. He has because he is a massive comic book geek. He is, and uh, yeah. he is a massive Batman mark. There's a, there's footage from a, a, a very recent match, which uh, I think you yeah, said... Scott Steiner, with Scott Steiner, rednecks right? and white trash. With, with Scott Steiner, who ha- is displaying some of the worst tattoos ever seen on a human being, um, including... Oh, a, since Brock Lesnar, yeah. A fo- yeah, the, 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 the dick tattoo on his chest. Um, <laughs> I would not say that to his face. Um, oh, of course not. Yeah, Scott has got this awful back tattoo of a... a, a ribcage thing going on which is dreadful and is gradually hiding his diminishing muscle definition by getting tattoos up to a line where his muscles used to be <laughs> which is quite an interesting way of doing it but um i think anyone who is was concerned about the idea that um scott steiner was putting on the appearance of a nut box no he is a nut box it's it's very very clear but I yeah actually, I, I actually enjoyed that match sorry to cut in about it was again. no it was good fun it was they did, did did you notice they took about two bumps each as well the whole a- match absolutely that's what i was going to say to you it's a perfect example of this is your main oh, event want that. <laughs> <laughs> no because he didn't hurt anyone by ramming his knee into the back of the best spine <laughs> Fucking hell, I watched once and I paid for the rest of my life. There you go, kids. That's the podcasting way. Um, a, bully, a bully botch. 
Um, so yes, so but in that match, uh, Jerry Lawler is wearing tights which have the Batman '66 Adam West Burt yeah. Ward uh, characters on there, and they're very cool. It's a nice little nod to to Batman. But I know he he collects like Superman memorabilia and Coca Cola memorabilia. He's a he's a very strange individual outside of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he just enjoys things that you know sixteen year olds would like. <laughs> and but my laughter means nothing. Incrimination? No. Hello, Milksters. Your old pal and friend of the show, Mossman here, off of 80's classic cartoon, Masters of the Universe. As you can imagine, I've had a lot of time on my hands since that cartoon finished, and I've been aching to hear some quality, geeky podcast that rounds up all the news in a nice, tight package. Only thing is, we don't have iPhones. Oh, not after old King Randor fell out with Steve Jobs back in 92. Well... Imagine my delight that now the Milk and Get podcast is available on Stitcher for Android users like myself. Stitcher.com has all the information. Oh, I can't wait to tell Fisto. He'll be well made up. Ancient evil that feeds on the sick and demented, which once haunted videos that were rented, are back to turn the blood to ice of all of those who own a personal digital device. On VHS, DVD and Blu-ray too, in your pants it may make you Therefore, celebrate and rejoice Peppers and Lamont as they tell tales of films you should and should not want. The Totally Insane Tape Show is something you should not fear. Listen to it with some food snacks and a beer. To find it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn Radio... No excuses to these sites. You must go. And to find out whence the evil comes from, go online and look at totallyinsanetapepro.com. <laughs> Josh Armour and Todd Eastman every Friday for Wrestle Radio Australia. Covering WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor and Australian Pro Wrestling. Exclusive interviews including Buddy Murphy, Adam Pearce, TV legend Rose McManus and many others. Download for free on iTunes or Stitcher and stream us on the TuneIn Radio app. It's Australia's wrestling broadcast. It's Wrestle Radio Australia. supposed to be recording like a half hour ago I'm stood around like some sort of fucking lemon waiting for him I've got my notes I've actually prepared this week I'm not having to rely on him let's have a look out the window is it around I can see there's no one oh here he oh, hang on yep here he is coming up the stairs do 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 oh, 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 oh Bully where did you get that yes. t-shirt you 
You sexy pig! I've never found you so attractive. Dave, I've never felt more attractive than while wearing this t-shirt. It says, got milking it. That's right, Milking It merch is now available. You can have Boulamont and Dave Davis across your chest 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and it's all available via a link on the milkingitpodcast.com. Milkingitpodcast.com. I also hear they sell mugs so I can have your hot liquid tipped into my mouth. Whenever you want. (laughs) Stand aside, boo. Let me need that keyboard. I'm going to do some shopping. But yeah, talking to Batman 66, um, some interesting news, which would, again, tie in with the game's news. But we're f- we are flip-flopping all over the place today. Um, we're waggling all from left to right, Mr. David. We are crazier than a rainbow trout in a car wash, as Jim Cornette said in the live show that I saw him do. Um, we are Talking of the Batman 66, Adam West, kids. The Adam Wee, the mayor of Quahog himself. Yes, That's indeed. I believe he's going to make a Stanley-style cameo, David. Mm, confirmed for Lego Batman 3, but as Adam West. So I'm imagining, as the Lego games do tend to just be different textures over the same game. With I guarantee text. there will be the blue Batman outfit. I guarantee it. Well, yeah. Mm. In fact, did you see uh, the announcement about the Lego Tumblr? No, no, I didn't. Okay, so Lego, uh, the the biggest... Um, <laughs> right, okay, we'll get back to Adam West in a second. Um, the biggest uh, Lego Batman set has been announced. So they've done Arkham Asylum, they've done the Batcave, everything else. They did the Jokers... Did they do, like, a Joker's Funhouse? They did, yeah, they did Joker's... No, yeah, they did Joker's Funhouse as well with uh, Harley Quinn and various bits and pieces. Um, however, the biggest amount of pieces in any set that they've done so far is a recreation of the Tumblr. And My it, least favourite Batmobile. Yeah. And it comes with a Heath Ledger Joker Lego figure and the uh, the Batman from that particular film figure. So those characters are semi-confirmed for Lego Batman 3 as well. So we, we may well get a Heath Ledger Joker in Lego Batman 3, which would be amazing. Even though it's your least favourite Joker, we've established this. No, 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 no. I mean, that's kind of cool, but I think it's weird to put that particular Joker in a kid's game. I'm not not because he's my least favourite, because he's the least suitable Joker to be put into. A, like they wouldn't put the Jack Nicholson one in. I don't know why the, the Heath Ledger one would go in, just because it's more of a darker tone and of an adult movie. Whereas the Caesar Ramiro one, yes, obviously would have been a bit funnier. In well, fact, he kind of does have that appearance anyway, doesn't he, the Lego Joker? Cause he yeah, wears, uh, he's got the purple suit and that kind of thing. However, <clears> I, I, I think because of the likeness right stuff, there will be a fair bit of Batman 66 content in Lego Batman 3 as alternative costumes. I'm not, and, I would, and hey, I would not complain. That sounds awesome. I would not be surprised if that's a DLC, is the Batman 66 stuff, because I would definitely go for the... the um, the, the, the Riddler and Mr. Freeze style, the egghead, as we've talked many times. Good old yes. Vincent Price gets a mention. Friend of the show. <laughs> Squeeze it. 
Uh, yes, but ne- definitely, uh, it sounds very interesting the way they're going to do that. Um, but Adam West confirmed, I think, as we've said, he's going to be like the Stanley character from Lego Marvel. So I think he might be the kind of you rescue him and he appears in every level, you know, to be rescued. Because I can imagine he'd be very funny as a voiceover character. The, the picture <laughs> they showed online was him doing voiceovers for it. So he's definitely in as a voice talent. <clears throat> it would be a, a crime not to use Adam West as a, uh, a, a character that you can listen to many times over in that. Talking of DLC, Dave, I mean, while we're on the subject of Batman mm-hmm. DLC, we might as well move along to oh, another Batman indeed. game that's coming out. It's a nice link, eh? Very um, good. Arkham have you ever thought about doing this uh, a little more professionally? <laughs> uh, Arkham Knight, of course, which has been unfortunately pushed back to next year. Um, mm. We already ha- we already knew that Harlequin was confirmed as a, um, as a pre-order bonus. Yes. Well, yep. uh, a leaked uh, picture that's now been confirmed has gone over the mm. internet. Uh, um, confirming that the Red Hood is also going to be a playable character and have his own story missions. Very much like Harlequin. Yeah, it looks like it's a GameStop exclusive in the States. So at the moment, there's no one in the UK who is confirming it as their exclusive. However, GameStop exclusives tend to go to game over yeah. here. It's it's kind of a parent company that's... And all of that stuff it. eventually becomes available for DLC anyway. Yes, yeah, it, they have said that it will be available as a you know, post-launch on the marketplace, the same as most sort of uh, yeah. pre-order stuff. But interesting that they're using the Red Hood. Um, it'd be nice to think that the Red Hood appears as part of that story. Um, I'm very interested to see what the, the story that they create for that. To, and that and in particular, which Red Hood? I mean, it does look like the... Um, it doesn't look like uh, Joker. No, it looks like the Jason Todd character yeah. um uh, yeah which sort of grant morrison red hood which uh, would be very cool if they get involved in doing that um giving a quick shout out as well while we're talking about batman um if if you still haven't checked out zero year which has just had it's um uh, edition 33 has just come out which is the final part of the, the zero year the uh, scott snyder uh, greg capullo um masterpiece reimagining as part of the new 52 the beginnings of batman and his struggle with uh, his various villains but the main one being edward nigma please check that out it's just it will be out as a full graphic novel in about three months i think so if you if you don't check it out as comic books check it out as a graphic novel because it is just wonderful i've finally finished reading it it's absolutely brilliant really i'm waiting it. for it to be collected and i would definitely be checking out hopefully as a graphic novel i would recommend it sir. it's it's very very good but yes red hood appearing and the harlequin appearing is that's all good with me sadly as we've said before no joker in this one so uh no not my favorite villain but uh but certainly looks very very good um, talking to Joker, actually, uh, did you see that there was a, a thing with the Gotham TV series? There we go, kids. We finally mentioned it. Um, the Gotham TV series uh, has maybe revealed that the Joker is part of it. That's right. In the latest um, trailer that was made public, and this isn't, we're not even talking Comic-Con yet. Nope. This is pre-Comic-Con. Um, there is a very brief uh, glimpse in the Gotham trailer of a stand-up comedian having a bit mm. of trouble on stage. Yeah, as part of Fish Mooney's kind of uh, cabaret thing, it's yeah. um, it's interesting because it 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 reminded me of the Killing Joke. I mean, we've we've talked about this. If they're going to do the Joker, they should go down the Killing Joke. Alan Moore's absolutely quintessential Batman uh, 
uh, graphic novel. Um, if they're going to do it, they need to go down that way, that route of uh, that character's sort of origins. Yeah, it did. but under the Red Hood um, had the mo- it had him working for a gang. Hmm. So I'm thinking that maybe they'll go that way because they they've got him working. They've got in um, in Under the Red Hood they've got the the Joker uh, pre Joker hmm. um, working. He agrees to don the Red Hood because um, different people wear it to kind of throw the scent off, and he was going to help them uh, break into a. God, what was it? It was like a processing plant next to next to the chemical plant. I think it's like a, a gift card plant or something. Right. Like that. A gift card plant. <laughs> yes. Factory, even. All right. All right. All right. Um, but um, then his wife and his pregnant wife is tragically killed, and he's mm. still forced to do this job because the only reason he took it was to provide for his wife because he was having trouble as a stand-up comedian. So I mean, there's a lot of routes they could take. But yet, is it the, is it is it our Joker? Who knows? Who knows? Or is it a, a big Find old out. red herring? There we go. Red hood or red herring? But Ooh, yeah. Very good, sir. Well done. But we will be, of course, keeping you up to date on all the Gotham news uh, right here on the Rhythmic Podcast. Um, another little bit of uh, geeky news that we need to talk about uh, very quickly, uh, which is outside of Comic-Con, before we get into our Comic-Con discussions, um, is that Tusk a film that we've been mentioning many, many times. You knew it wouldn't be too long before we mentioned the name Kevin Smith. Um, Kevin Smith? Origi- our podfather. <laughs> our podfather, who art in heaven. Hello, Hello be thy podcast. Um, basically, I got written down on my list of stuff that we need to talk about, poster for Tusk. However, it, between us talking last time and now, there's been more than just the poster, which is a beautiful looking yes. poster. It's it's really beautiful. Um, they cool they've put the trailer online. They've actually, as part of Comic Con, um, he had a panel and they showed the trailer for Tusk, and it looks like a movie I definitely want to see. <laughs> and you know what, Dave? I know you're not a big fan of horror, nope. but it does come across as quite an intelligent horror film uh, with a with a lot of, with, and it's definitely got comedy comedy elements to it, definitely. Um, I, I, the the, uh, the trailer got a laugh out of me already. Um, the line asks, the line I don't want to die in Canada is uh, very another good one. But the one I got was where she goes, oh, it's about it's a boot five miles up, and he's on the phone. And he goes, it's a boot five miles, and she goes, I hate Americans. Yes, and the girl who says I hate Americans is, is, Harley, miss- is Harley Quinn, his is daughter. It? Yeah, his daughter Harley Quinn. I did not know that. Yeah, Harley Quinn Smith. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, which uh, he has actually um, written a, another side project movie about those two characters that appear uh, called Yoga Hosen, uh, which he's yet yeah, writing and producing. And they're going to actually make about those two and other stuff that happens, but not just those two characters. But um, yeah, the, the day he spent recording with her and her friend playing those parts inspired him to write another movie to add on top of the Krampus movie and Tusk and everything before we finally get to see Clerks 3. <laughs> well, this is the guy that was going to retire a couple of yep. years back, yeah? Absolutely. But like like I've said before, he, he said to himself, <laughs> he will not retire until he can't make movies that are Kevin Smith movies. He has no interest in making movies that other people can make, but you know, no one else is going to make Tusk the way he'd make it. No one else is going to make the Krampus movie the way he's going to make it. So he's, he wants to work on movies that are are, you know pretty much self-funded obviously clerks won't be that'll be a massive deal um because that's that's like a, a bigger budget experience than tusk is obviously but so uh, no it tusk looks absolutely brilliant i'm i'm 
really excited about watching that. I think it'll be uh, be a good a good film. And like I said, I, I'm not a horror fan. Um, I I've raved about Red State before. It's it looks like it's in the same sort of vein as Red State. It's not something you'd expect from Kevin Smith. It's a it's a different kind of genre movie, but it's well written dialogue and and uh, and Dave. That the main characters are podcasters, so it's something that we can relate to. Mm. <laughs> Completely, and apparently there are loads of references to the podcast and various things they've talked about and everything else throughout it. So I look forward to to seeing it and uh, and nodding knowingly at all the in jokes, uh, definitely uh, coming up. Um, the other thing that happened before Comic Con, and I, I know you've seen the trailer as well. Um, Big Hero Six. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It's a, a, a slightly unknown Marvel entity, Big Hero 6. Um, we talked about the uh, the characters that are involved. They're not particularly well-known. Silver Samurai, probably the best well-known. Uh, they've put a trailer up for the animated movie. It's the first Marvel movie animated by the Disney Corporation. Um, what did you think, sir? Looks really yes, good. Yes, Dave. I've, I've seen the Big Hero 6 trailer. <laughs> you have, indeed, thankfully. Yes. Um, what, what do you think, sir? Um, one, it doesn't look like a Marvel movie in any way, shape, or form. Two, no. it looks awesome. It looks like Bolt. Did you ever see Bolt? The John. I haven't seen Bolt. I yeah. definitely got like a kind of Pixar um, up slash Incredibles vibe from it, and I think it. it, it you got to remember, it's the first one of these films since The Incredibles that is like a computer-generated superhero movie. Yes, it was. It's certainly the first ever sort of Disney Marvel uh, computer generated. Uh, Truly, now you know Disney is has our childhood, as we say every episode. But you know, this is definitely uh, the Marvel Disney picture that is going to be aimed squarely at kids. Yeah, completely. And uh, like we said before, I think it's that thing of it's a, a franchise that we're not a hundred percent aware of. So. I didn't know the characters other than, like I say, Silver Samurai. Um, I'm very excited to see what they who do. Who doesn't look like? Who doesn't look like he's in the film? By the way, no, um, not once no. have I heard his name mentioned in any press junket yeah, or in true. any. It's not a bad thing though. I know for a fact that Fred Zilla, as mentioned previously on the Milking podcast, is yeah. a is a character in it. Perfect. But um, I really like the look of it. Um, I don't know who the balloon guy is. But um, I love his little neck suit they put him in. Yes. Uh, the baddie is a guy in a kabuki mask who um, controls nanobots or microbots or whatever they call them in the, in the trailer. Mm. He looks really cool. It looks funny. And, yes. um, That's the and it looks thing. like, and uh, it's probably a cheesy line, but it looks like it's got heart. I don't think that's no, a cheesy but, line. I think that, that that's an important thing in that style of sort of Disney and Disney films, isn't it? Yeah. Might have that, been, it might have been the worst ring in the Captain Planet series, but it's definitely important. <laughs> <in these>. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely important in this type oh, of movie. Was it? No, I'm, I'm. Do you know what? No, I only saw the trailer today, and you know what? I really digged it, and it made me laugh like quite a couple, like a few times, like when the. I must learn the character's name. When the balloon robot guy yeah, um, sees the sellotape yes. and he starts sticking it to his body, that's when I was really cracking up. So, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm definitely up for a bit of Hero, Big Hero 6. Definitely, definitely up for that. It sounds very, very cool. Um, a film that opened this week in the cinemas in the US, and I believe is uh, next week when we're recording uh, here in the UK, um, was The Guardians of the Galaxy which is getting yes. some very, very good reviews. And it I was, is getting uh, some big, big positive reviews. 
negative reviews. Yeah, I was lucky enough um, last week to to catch up with a friend of mine who um, is involved in reviewing such things, and he he got to see it as part of a press junket and interviewed the cast and stuff, and he was uh, he was raving about it. He he, he said it, it, it the way he said it was um, he felt it was one of the funniest movies he'd watched in a long time, just as a comedy. Um, but he said it was the biggest budget space comedy he's ever seen, which I'm not sure how many space comedies there are other than Spaceballs. But um, he said it was it was absolutely brilliant. He felt that if he was about nine or ten years old, this could be his Star Wars, which is praise indeed, sir. Praise indeed. But uh, it does seem to be getting some really good reviews across the board, really. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. It's definitely an alternative Marvel movie. Mm. Um, it's going to be kind of the comedy that we've been waiting with, like, the first Marvel comedy. I don't think... I think with these Marvel pictures, they've tried to have a bit of everything. They've tried to have a couple of jokes and a couple and a couple of action sequences. Mm. And I think this is the first one that's gone out and out, out for laughs. There will be action sequences, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, but when one of your main characters is a raccoon, is an anthropomorphic raccoon, you've got to be playing it for some laughs. And the fact that John C. Riley and Peter Serafinowicz yeah, uh, in the original trailer, yeah. you are not going for a serious film. I believe the phrase is, "There are a bunch of a holes." I believe yes, a holes is mentioned, sir. But uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 the, the teasers I've seen and the, the sort of uh, the trailers and stuff for it have been very cool. Um, they've they've certainly nailed the soundtrack, if nothing else. It uh, it, it does seem to have a very uh, interesting sort of 70s rock soundtrack to it Uga Chaka Uga Chaka which uh, be interesting I know definitely I I will it's even making me want to peel myself off my chair and wander across to a cinema to go and watch it uh, there and then so I I, I may well be doing that but talking of movies that are at the cinema I believe you have uh, finally managed to go out of the house and see a film that you've been raving about even before it came out so obviously i said this is going to be my yes my one of the year i did see dawn of the planet of the apes and oh my god what a fantastic production they have put together absolutely oh my god i had goosebumps even talking about it's going to give me goosebumps but Mm. it was wonderful i was on the edge of my chair from beginning to end the motion capture was brilliant Andy Serkis just did a top-notch job as Caesar. Really? Um, Gary Oldman um, wasn't in it as much as I thought it was going to be. But always good. But he is always good. And just a really, really... It is the Empire Strikes Back of sequels. It truly is one of the best examples of a sequel surpassing its original. And it added so much. And I just... just, It was a wonderful experience. Wonderful film. Um, everything about it, from the story to the, to the motion capture, as I said, mm. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Guys, go and see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because I mean it is going to become a huge franchise, and I can't wait to see what they do next. I really can't. On, on that recommendation, sir, I shall definitely check it out. That, that sounds very good. Um, I, I, we we got excited in, in previous weeks about just the teasers they throw, <coughs> but yeah. uh, and uh, and the little uh, side stories which yes, of, yeah, it, it's set ten years after the first one, and right. um, there are those kind of you said those mini films, uh, as you mm. said, the kind of shorts. Um, but yeah, oh, what a what, what a fantastic franchise, and what what's brilliant about it, sorry. Just, is the fact that it's um, it's a different director that's picked it up the sequel mm. and it's done just as good a job as the original if not better 
And I, I mean, I really like the fact that such a strong story and such a strong production. Yeah. I can't praise it high enough. Um, I know films like that don't end up winning Oscars, but in a, in a fairer world, they really would. No, definitely, definitely. Um, very quickly to mention, uh, aside from before we plow, like we say, into Comic Con news, um, is that uh, you you sent me a trailer for uh, something that you you know a lot more about than I do. Um, Angry Video Game Nerd. They are making a movie apparently. Oh, they've made a movie. So oh, the movie okay. is out, and it's uh, it had its um, premiere. Um, the other day, hmm. um, I've been a fan of AVGN for a little while now. He does fantastic uh, videos. Uh, he's been going ten years now. Uh, yeah. Guys, check out Cinemassacre.com or check out the Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube. They do a lot more. They do a side thing called uh, Board James, which is like board game reviews. Um, the guy's been making films all his life, hmm. um, ever since he was a child, and this is the culmination of everything. Uh, the film in the Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie is um, it's basically uh, like a, a traditional adventure movie uh, where he goes to the uh, excavation site of the E.T., the famous Atari E.T. dump. Yes, as um, mentioned <clears throat> previously on the Milking Podcast. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, just I, I'm, I'm to understand it's been getting rave reviews, five-star reviews. Hmm. Uh, people have been going mad for it. And um, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, um, the, the guy that plays the nerd, James Rolfe, he just appears to be such a likable guy, and um, he's very open about himself and what he does. And, mm. you know, and um, he's one. I could imagine him being easily one of our lot, if you know what I mean, Dave. Like a mate of ours who just does, you know, his films and that. And um, yeah, he wants him to be successful. So um, if you if you haven't checked out on YouTube or Cinemasca.com, the Angry Video Game the trailer is out now. It's going to be available on digital release uh, in September, I believe. Um, I, this guy deserves your money and he deserves your time so I would check out the angry video excellent okay um, the only other bit of uh, news I have I'm not sure if you have anything left on your list other than Comic Con stuff sir uh, was a little bit of games news I'm not sure whether Jay may mention this in his games news today but uh, we have to cover it because it, we've, we've talked about this film so many times and it is an iconic thing that we both love Um Alien Isolation is coming out later this year. It looks like it's going to be a really decent Alien game. Finally, a decent Alien game. Um, but they've announced something that makes it even more exciting. Mr. Boo. David, um, I'm not embarrassed to say that the, the way I have described the video and making of of this DLC, mm. as it's going to be, um, uh, you know, it's a DLC is a dirty word, but um, this DLC made me splooge the minute I saw it. Uh, we are going back to the Nostromo. We are going back to the original Alien film. We are going to be experiencing um, the original 1970s Alien um, mm. on the next gen. Um, Sigourney Weaver is back. Uh, the, the, the entire the, the original cast is back. It's been split into two. Um, you'll be playing as Dallas, I believe. Um, yeah. The character of Dallas. Uh, this this first time. This first part of the DLC. Uh, the second part of the DLC is going to be Ellen Ripley on her own against that one Xenomorph. Absolutely stunned by what I saw. They are a fan service of the highest order. And if it plays anything like it looks, it may go down as the greatest bit of DLC ever made. Uh, it just looks fantastic. 
No, absolutely. I, I, I think the likenesses they've got. The only um, actor I didn't see was John Hurt. Was there? I've seen him. Ah, he was. Okay, thank goodness for that. I was I was getting concerned that there were some characters that weren't represented, but um, he, it plays, lo- he, he plays. Uh, is it Ash, the original, the original uh, cyber, cyber android? Thanks, sorry. Uh, no, does he? John Hurt. No, John Hurt's the first guy who experiences the chestburster, isn't he? Uh, Ian Holm. He, no, he, I thought Ian Holm was the cyborg. You are you are correct, sir. I'm getting I'm getting my actors. Comp- I thought you were wrong. No, oh, but you always do, sir. My I'm, my do. apologies. Yes, it's John Hurt and Ian Holm are the British yes. uh, guys in that. So I'm getting yes. those two. I'm getting those two confused. It happens. Another bully fuck up right here. But yes, um, I, I, no, you're right. I didn't see John Hurt. Sorry, I saw it in home. So mm. um, maybe John Hurt isn't in it. I, it's been. It, do you know what? It's been such a while since we've been here together, Dave. To record. hasn't it? So hasn't it? I've actually. I, it's been a while since I've seen that because it was announced about two weeks ago. God, what a fucking short-term memory I've got. But that's what happens when you present a podcast of this nature. <laughs> Absolutely. Much information. Absolutely. Um, anything else, sir? And, or there is we... one other thing that ah. you brought to my attention. Um, oh, okay. Which was, uh, and it, again, this isn't Comic-Con related, uh, I believe that there was a teaser for something you quite liked, Mr. David. Oh shit! Yes, sorry. Uh, I, yes, I'm completely forgetting the things I've posted on our own Facebook. Old me. Sorry. Okay. Do you want to do that again, Dave? <laughs> no, fuck it. Whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, the Two K Games have posted a, a teaser, a, a bite of the apple, which uh, looks like the style of the Bioshock posters that they do uh, in those games. So, would you believe a successful game? is probably going to get another game made. Yes, that's how it works, kids. Remember, hey, the wheels keep on two, turning. We could go two ways with this teaser. Yes. I, I'm, I'm proficient in the ways of Bioshock. You're, t- you're thinking about Adam, I believe, are you, sir? Or are I'm, you thinking about Eve? Either or. Mm. Or what the worst scenario for me would be when they're referring to take a bite of the apple is that they're going to be bringing a Bioshock game out on iOS, which I do not want because I don't use Apple products. Oh, do you know and... what? I've, no, I'm sorry. I've just thought about the phrase "take another bite of the apple." We're not going to get the original Bioshock remastered for next-gen consoles, are we? Can we stop this fucking re? I just want some new not, games. No, 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 they've not announced it. I'm just thinking. Is I know, that no, no, I'm they're... just agreeing with you. Mm. But you're, but you're probably in the right. Or, sorry, sorry, to be fair, not even the original Bioshock. None of them have come out for next gen, have they? So it could be any. It could be like a Bioshock collection of 1, 2, and possibly Infinity. Really? Another bite of the app. Yeah. Oh, God. What do you think, kids? Hit us up on milkingitpodcast.com or on Twitter at Teat Tugger. That's T E A T Tugger. T U G G E R for you thick O. <laughs> Way too isolate the fans, Milksters. Um Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. What what do they mean? What do you think? Let us know, and uh, we'll discuss it on a future edition of the Milking Podcast. Now to San Diego. Oh, get on board, kids! I'm popping on my shorts and my t-shirt. Right, let's go. As has become tradition over the past few weeks, we talk about the week of geek, but Jay 
talks about the gaming week. Here is Jay's roundup of everything that's cool in the world of gaming. Oh, hello there, dear. I've just come round with five games new stories for you to have a look at. Oh, I'd love a cup of tea, thanks. And if you're offering one of those lovely toasted cheese sandwiches you do. Yes, I would love a slice of tomato in it, please. I love the sensation of the epicentre of the Hiroshima bomb flaying my tongue alive. Good. Settled? Story number one. Never soft. This weekly piece is rapidly turning into an obituary for games companies, as, yes, sadly, Neversoft are defunct among go. Twenty years to the day since Neversoft started, they puffed their last breath as they were absorbed by Infinity Ward. On the plus side, no one lost their jobs this time, but it is still an enormous shame to lose one of the premier development houses of the early part of this millennium. Neversoft, who gave us baggy-trousered early 2000 video game icon Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and those excellent PlayStation 1 era Spider-Man games, will no doubt be mourned by gamers. They probably won't be missed too much by flatmates, parents or other halves though, as they are also responsible for all those plastic instrument dust caddies dotted around your living room. Yes, it was Neversoft who birthed the Guitar Hero franchise, which was ubiquitous for about the same length of time that the Darkness and Tony Slattery were. Number 2. Microsoft Entertainment Studios. Another tale of woe. 18,000 jobs have been cut from Microsoft Entertainment Studios, the cross-media venture by Microsoft designed to bring TV content to the Xbox One. Microsoft have nearly completed the backtrack away from that press conference at E3 2013, as the Xbox One ethos moves ever closer to being a games console and not an entertainment hub. Halo and Quantum Break the two biggest projects for, for uh, MES, remain unaffected. While it's sad to see so many talented people lose their jobs, it's good to know the company focus is back on the bread and butter of what made the Xbox great. Oh, Microsoft, we're glad you're seeing the error of your ways. Come here, you big lug, give us a hug. Tekken 7 announced. Yay! Since E3 weekend finished, there's been little in the way of new game announcements. It makes this new thing quite hard to do. But I found one. No, not in between the cushions of the set either, you old fool. No, instead, Tekken was announced at EVO 2014, a tournament for players of one-on-one fighting games that is completely baffling to watch, trust me. Utilising the Unreal 4 game engine, a trailer was unveiled that seems to hint at this being the last Iron Fist tournament. Is this the last Tekken? Probably not. I'm sure we could eke out some more good old-fashioned tit juice from its 20-year-old teats yet, eh, Milksters? No news on a release date or even a format, but it's a fair guess to say you'll probably be able to play this as Christmas dinner gravy stains congeal and harden on your new reindeer jumper as you sit in front of your Xbox One or your PlayStation 4. Lego Batman 3 In a desperate ploy to get mentioned on the Milking It podcast, Traveller's Tales tweeted a picture last week that will immediately send David Davis sweat glands frothing. The photograph revealed that none other than Adam West will be lending his voice to the game apparently as a Lego version of um, Adam West. He will also be part of the development team panel at the San Diego Comic Con, 
talking about his role in the game and no doubt bringing his irreverent comic stylings to the whole affair. Could we see a cameo from the 60s Batman in the game? Will we also see the barely hidden moustache of a Lego Caesar Romero scampering about as the Joker? There's only one way to find out. Stay tuned, viewers. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't. I probably won't follow this one up. It's just a joke. Story number five. Cat Simulators. Cat Lateral Damage, released earlier this year on Steam, cast you as a mog with a mission to disrupt your owner's sleep by fucking with his shit. Well, now the arsehole Cat Simulator apparently is its own genre as the Mortal Kombat to Collateral Damage's Street Fire has emerged in the form of Per-Core. Seeming the exact same concept with lovelier graphics, Per-Core becomes the second game in this week's news roundup to use the Unreal 4 engine. If you precious dog owners are feeling a bit left out, could I recommend you to going into your local Kex, that's C-E-X, but it sounds rude, uh, and picking up the forgotten PlayStation 2 Curio A dog's life. This 2005 classic saw you defecating, picking it up in your mouth and then throwing it at grannies. Fight the power, house pets. And that is that. I'm going off now. I've got to go and heal my tongue. Fuck you, sandwiches. So, we've made it through the geek news. Uh, thank you to Jay for his games news. Um, we are now here. We've, we were off the plane. It's a beautiful sunny day. I'm wearing my shorts. I've got my t-shirt on, as I said. And uh, we are here in San Diego. We're, we're not in San Diego, are we? We're sat in our flats doing this. <sighs> Disappointingly, we, we were not in San Diego for Comic-Con this year. However, we are going to give you our sort of little geeky review of the bits that piqued our interest, are we not, Mr. Lamont? We are indeed, and um, <clears throat> to be fair, there is a metric shit ton of movie news to get through. There is. I have just measured a tit load, so I think we, <laughs> I th- we are... Think, I think great bit of measurements there. I think what we need, I think what we need to do um, mm. is we'll start off with a bit of TV news and get through that because the film news is bumper, of course, yes, as it is. Course, yes. San Diego Comic-Con 2014. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, say, say that again so I can add some echo and make it sound important. And we've got a shitload of TV news to get through, so <laughs> let's get started. It's the San Diego Comic Con 2014. Isn't it wonderful what you can do with audio? Isn't it? <laughs> and yet we do this so right yes let's start with some tv news uh and then we'll go into movie news which like you say is the heavy part and we are getting inching closer and closer to that moment where we talk about that batman thing what happened and but, thing uh, what happened that had us both up at four o'clock in the morning like excited like two children on christmas day absolutely taut and buoyant and- let me start off with something I'm quite excited about, Mr. David, and that is Sam Raimi. Um, mm. He's going to get a couple of mentions this episode, but let's start with the TV news. Sam Raimi came out and discussed the Evil Dead TV series with Bruce Campbell. Oh, man, I cannot wait. There is a lot <laughs> of horror TV stuff coming, uh, TV shows coming out at the moment. Um, but this uh, Friday the 13th, as we've previously talked about on the Milking It podcast, coming yes. soon. And, I mean, this if you've seen any of the Evil Dead films, original Evil Dead films, you will see why it's such a cult classic. And um, I was, I would love to see how they turn it into a TV show or what they would do with the franchise. 
Uh, Is is Ash going to be back at the cabin in the woods? Is Ash going to be fighting deadites through time? Is Ash going to be going back to medieval times to, you know, protect the Necronomicon? It's open-ended. Anything can happen at this point. And I, for one, am dead excited Mm -hmm. about the Evil Dead TV series coming out. Not too much extra to talk about on that one, but no, it's coming, and no, I'm going to be coming. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely taught and buoyant over that, sir. Um, I yeah, it, it sounds very good. Uh, like I say, I, I've been a big fan of the sort of the psycho prequel stuff that they do with Bates Motel and and that sort of thing. I think a, a, an Evil Dead, as long as they keep the humour, because there, there was a humour in those original films. As Absolutely. Long as, they, as long as they keep that with it, I think it's fine. Don't try and go too straight laced on it. I, I I definitely watch that. I think it'd be very cool. Again, you you said earlier, I'm not a massive horror fan, but I I absolutely love the evil dead movies after many many times of you telling me i should watch them finally got around to watching them all and have thoroughly enjoyed even the reboot i've enjoyed but really genuinely enjoyed the originals um um, next next on the agenda one that neither of us particularly watched I, i watched the first series and it was okay, but I've not felt compelled to watch the rest. And that is Walking Dead Series 5 got a big trailer that everyone was excited about. Dave, your, your, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is, I yes, I lost track about three seasons in. Um, I have remained a fan of the comic books. I've remained a fan of the uh, uh, the Telltale games. <laughs> almost Marvelous fell Tales. into... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost fell into Boomy E.T. Games. <laughs> T.T. Games uh, version of it. Um, uh, yes, a big fan of that. But I have—I must admit—I've I've lost track of the TV series. So, Milksters convinced me. Why do I need to get back into it? Why do I need to continue to watch? Is it worth it or not? Let us know. Cracking ahead, uh, full steam, Dave. I believe this one is definitely a Dave-orientated one. Someone, hmm. someone familiar will be joining Arrow. Oh my days! Okay, right. I about two or three episodes ago we talked about Arrow and I should get into it and I criticised it because we watched one episode or I watched one episode uh, which had Deadshot in it um, was it Deadshot or Deadpool Deadshot there we go Deadpool Dave? is Marvel Deadshot <laughs> no, is DC no Dave no stop Death Stroke fuck no keep it in it's Slade Wilson Deathstroke the Terminator and we were shitting all over his, his costume not literally of course <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be a, a hideous podcast <laughs> welcome to another podcast stay there Wilson we're not finished yet yes move your hips in the right direction looks like a whippy ice cream oh my lord curling out a chocolate whirly anyway so <laughs> Right, okay, Deathstroke. Yes, Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, appeared in it. I watched the episode that was there. I'd only watched that episode and criticised the whole (laughs) fucking series based on that one episode. However, I am willing, thanks to Judge Judas, he said I should go back and watch the episodes. I am going to do that because it is now on Netflix because... The whole trailer has gone up for the uh, season three of The Green Arrow, or Arrow. Arrow. As yep. it's no- Arrow, as it's known. Arrow. No, leave it. So, I'm willing to watch that series now because I am quite interested in getting up to speed so I can see season three. Because season three has revealed that the main character behind it, as an underlying current, is Rasa Gould. 
Yes, Raz Al Ghul, the immortal one that isn't Hulk Hogan, is coming <laughs> um, to Arrow. One mm. of Batman's greatest nemesis. And um, yeah, that is going to be awesome. Um, also on the cards for the next series of Arrow, although not seen in the trailer, is the character Wildcat, who is very similar to Batman, actually. He's got no superpowers. Um, in fact, one of his most famous quotes is, fists are nature's problem solvers. Um, he's a... a <laughs> Yeah, he is a. Bo- he's I've, got, I'm like, sure I've seen. I'm sure I've seen that above several gay bars in Vauxhall. But go on. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, that's the news that Wildcat uh, will be featured, but not as predominantly as Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul, yes. Very indeed. exciting. Um, sticking with the TV news, Dave. Um, two animated shows reared their heads. One new one, and one that is a crossover that will be familiar to everybody. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite comedians from the Saturday Night Live years was Norm Macdonald, and he is yes. going to be in a new show with Mike Tyson himself in the Mike Tyson Mysteries. It's That's going to be Mike insane. Tyson and an alcoholic pigeon um, <laughs> solving murder mysteries a la Scooby-Doo. They, uh, it all looks good. Um, I this cannot is wait. Adult Swim, yeah? This is, an adult, this is a new Adult Swim series. Amazing. So, um, this is going to be hopefully coming along the sa- uh, near enough the same time as... Um, there's another one called Black Jesus coming out soon as well, but this right. is the one I'm looking forward to. And it's the Mike Tyson mystery. It does sound very, very good. And, uh, very funny guy, believe it or not. Yeah, the, the, he has a, an amazing sense of humour, and he knows he knows himself, he knows his character, and he knows how to take the piss out of himself. So I think it, it will be interesting to see like what they do with it. But the fact that if because. Hmm. Okay, I have a lot of respect for Mike Tyson, just in case he hears this, but his voice is not traditionally the voice that you would put to his persona, is it? He's he's like an American Chris Eubank. He's got a voice yes, that would there we go. with a hard man. Yeah, but you, he has a voice that has led to him having to fight his way up through life. Yeah. And, and you can see why he's ended up in the situation he is. So... The idea of putting him as a voice artist is genius. I think whoever came up with that idea is it deserves an Oscar or an Emmy or whatever they give to, uh, to those sort of things. But yeah, I, I would, I'm really looking forward to watching that. I saw the thing you posted on the Facebook page and I, I'm definitely, definitely up for that. Um, last bit of TV news. I know we're just ramming through this, but I want to get to the movie news quick because yeah, it's going to take up the Yeah, we've got so much news because it's Comic-Con is, Kids. Woo-hoo. Is uh, that they showed... Five minutes. <laughs> they showed a five-minute trailer, which I think is far too long. Yes, that's um, not a trailer. The, that's a snippet. The Family Guy Simpsons crossover, which, mm. I, which I have purposefully not seen for the sole reason that that is a fifth of the episode, and I don't want to ruin a fifth of the episode. One-minute trailer, I'm cool. Five minutes in a 25-minute episode, too much, kids. Too much. Yep. Um, it's been very strange because... When they and we spoke about the the Lego uh, episode that he did of the Simpsons, which got a lot of press like around the world, and there was a lot of press here for it. And oh, I'd forgotten about that. It was very, it was forgettable. That was the problem. Yes, it was forgettable. However, it was something that you thought, oh yeah, I really want to watch that. That's, that's going to be really good. But you you didn't want to spoil it, and that's the kind of way that you're saying now. You, you don't want to go and watch like five minutes of it because that's quite a big chunk of a very tiny episode i'm quite concerned that it's not going to live up to the hype because obviously the simpsons still now gets a higher uh, viewership in the states than family guy but they also get a very different viewership don't they 
<clears throat> yeah, it, it's like we actually said this before in another mm. episode. Are they going to tone down the yeah. humour for The Simpsons, or, or are they going to launch for, up yeah. the humour for Family Guy fans? You know, um, <clears throat> maybe there'll be a happy medium. As I keep stating, I am more looking forward to the Futurama Simpsons crossover that has been confirmed for the next series than I am the Family Guy one. And even though I am yes, a fan of yeah. all three franchises, I would rather see um, Bender and Homer have a beer together than Peter and Homer. So that's that's just my view, man. No, I I, I agree. I think that it's more exciting to think of because um, obviously Family Guy is still going, and so's the Simpsons. So you know, Futurama has finished there is no more future armor but the idea of them popping up and doing yep. a special is no more future armor yep i'm okay did you see the the 3d starting yeah animation? god it was oh, gorgeous wasn't it that was beautiful it was like yeah. 35 seconds of sexiness or a minute yeah, it was yeah that was great good. check out I the think... milking podcast.com we i was gonna say i posted on the milking podcast.com check it out kids Love yeah it. very good very good um definitely worth checking out but yeah no i agree i, I think um it, it's gonna be a hard one to mix because so far and i have seen the bits that they showed at comic-con it looks like it's a family guy fitting into the simpsons rather than the simpsons fitting into the family guy as in right so the ratings are with the simpsons so we need to make this fit to that demographic so i don't think you're going to get any sort of challenging humour. I think it's going to be a very bland episode. So, one last bit of TV news. Uh, resonates quite a lot with the Milking Podcast because we have talked about it a hell of a lot. Mr. Boo? David, can you guess what we're going to mention? <laughs> I can mention this episode, but apparently the pilot for the Gotham TV series has been met with rave reviews by mm. all that have seen it. Absolutely. Uh, I cannot find any review from the people that watched it, and uh, there was a panel afterwards and everything else, who would criticise it. They have, they genuinely are very, very excited about this. It looks like it may live up to all our expectations, and that's all we can ask, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be great. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. No, I know completely. It's going to be great. <laughs> got to be um even if it just even if it goes for one series of absolute quality and then a couple mediocre series and then it picks up at the end hmm. i just I, and i definitely want more than one series this is the kind of tv show as i've said before i will relish i've been looking forward to something new on my tv and it, it you know the fact that it's bat related is even better the cast look great the the, hmm. the trailer looks great <clears throat> that we've seen um, we know that poison ivy and uh, riddler are in it now We've spoken earlier on this episode about the possibility of the Joker. Yeah. There. Just, just, there's so much to look forward to. I've heard the acting's tight, the story's tight, the script is tight. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's got to be. I think it, it has that same sort of feeling as playing the Arkham games. Is that when you when you played the first one, Arkham Asylum, it it gave you goosebumps because it tied the characters together. And it had that sort of central narrative of, well, yeah, you're going to meet this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then that's what it seems like. It's, it's like 
you are going to have you're going to stumble across these characters in you know in this tv series and it's oh i i, I just can't wait to see right okay so why is poison ivy going to become poison ivy i can't you know why is you know mr freeze which i presume they'll bring in later on why is the riddler you know and it just looks like it's going to be so good and and like you say everyone who's come out of that performance of the uh the the uh, pilot episode has been raving about it and saying this is gonna be one of the greatest things ever cannot wait cannot wait So that brings us to movie news from Comic Con, sir. Yes. Oh my god. The so list. So much. So you, much. I, okay. <laughs> I think we should, we should save the big main event for the end, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to start alphabetically. Why not? Um, did you see the trailer for the new film from Robert Kirkman called Air? No, I didn't. What's this? The, the premise is fascinating. Oh. There's been some kind of catastrophe in the world. And um, it's about two custodians who are in charge of these chambers of frozen people who are going to be thawed out to repopulate the earth. Okay. And something obviously happens where they're running out of air and they both go a little bit loopy. Um, The trailer looks fantastic. Um, It stars um, Norman Reedus Hmm. from The Walking Dead, uh, a Robert Kirkman, uh, uh, you know, association there. Of course, Um, It just looks really interesting. <clears throat> Not too much to write home about in terms of, like, I don't know, there's no more information than, than that. It was yeah. a very brief trailer, but from what I saw, it looked fascinating. And I love my sci-fi, and um, that really looks like something I could, I could get into. Oh, that sounds good. Um, next, there was a confirmation uh, from a movie that we both enjoyed uh, quite a bit, um, that Godzilla's uh, Godzilla 2 mm. uh, is going to have three more monsters from the Godzilla-verse that are going to be familiar to all the uh, Godzilla fans. Maybe you won't have heard... Maybe you would have heard them, Dave, but maybe you don't know too much about them. That yes. is Rodan, Mothra, mm-hmm. and previously mentioned as my favourite Godzilla movie previously on the Milk podcast, mm. King Ghidorah, or Ghidorah, as he's known. I've, um, I've, I've heard of Mothra, because I believe there's a South Park reference there. Um, I think... Babura! A... Babura! Absolutely yes. I I think there's a Barbara. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Yes. There we go. That's old school South Park kids. It's old. Oh God. <laughs> that's if first. Not that's the, first season South Park, dude. Don't do. Do not do a to- insane tape show to me where I start going. Has it old school South Park? Has it really been twenty five really years? Old. Oh my God! I can't believe Never it. South Park, Dave. I'm such an old cunt. Yes, I've, we've all heard it. <laughs> Uh, also, excuse me, from Legendary, um, uh, from Legendary Studios, who mm. produced the, the amazing Godzilla reboot and will be making Godzilla 2, uh, was a very similar film, um, which is something that has never really been explored in recent movies, uh, and also the return of a very familiar character. Mm. Uh, that is Skull Island, um, ah. in featuring the, uh, the, the, the king of the gorillas, y'all, King Kong. Mm. Yes, um, I've, always, I've always been fascinated with Skull Island, um, and I know that. You know what? I it was seen in the um, fucking hell. What's his name, Dave? Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah. Sorry, it was seen in the Peter Jackson uh, movie, but it's not something that they really explored uh, as a theme. I know that there's plenty of books written about Skull Island, and I know that it was uh, in the original. 
King Kong story. Um, but like modern modern day um, kind of films and stuff haven't really touched on it. And you know, this is an island where where monsters live. Uh, King Kong being just one. So um, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with that. Yeah, it's that it's that idea of the sort of monstrous home where the the sort of King Kong lived with like dinosaurs. That was the pretty much the yes, yeah. There was the a idea, T-Rex, wasn't it? but um, you know, not to be confused with Godzilla. No, um, it's going to be really cool. Um, another huge announcement coming off Comic Con. Although, sorry. <clears throat> no, no, please do. There was okay, so I'm I don't know a lot about Godzilla movies, but I'm sure there was an island in King Kong versus Godzilla, which was a film from the 60s. Hey, if you're talking about Monster Island, which is in the Godzilla universe. Ah, uh, okay, right. Is that what I'm thinking of? I think you are because that's where Godzuki lives, who's Godzilla's son. Mondo, uh, Mondo Island. Mondo Island. That sounds familiar. Is that? That's not the doctor, the, the island of Doctor Moreau, is it? Here we go, Milt says we're. No, you're right. We're... No, you are right, sir. Mondo Island. Um, the inhabitants are kaiju such as King Kong, and uh, this is in the Godzilla verse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking King Kong versus Godzilla. I I just remember watching that film, and I remember Mondo as a island. Yeah, Mondo Island was where King Kong was found in King Kong Escapes. Ah, okay. Cool. But yes, um, in fact, Skull Island is comparable. There's another one called Faroo Island, F-A-R-O-U. Ah. And uh, with the island of Dr. Moreau as well, that's got to be one fucked up little peninsula. (laughs) Yes, don't go there. Don't don't go there. It doesn't sound good. (laughs) Um, Obviously, trying to avoid superhero movie news uh, mm. until the end. So, for a second, couple yes. more non-superhero movies. Yep. Uh, people went mad for the Mad Max footage and the posters that went up. Really looking yeah, forward to that. It does As look you... good. Does look very good. Um, one, I'm not. There's not much to talk about in that regards, by the way. Unfortunately, I mean, another film that there's not much to talk about, but was featured and, uh, from all accounts, looks really cool. Is the Warcraft movie based on. Um, the world of Warcraft and Warcraft games mm. that so many geeks um, and nerds have been spending spending years grinding and leveling up on, at a risk of relationships and, and you know and social interaction. Yeah, of course, and obviously bring it back to South Park. That's my only kind of knowledge of Warcraft is the episode they did that was entirely animated using the world of Warcraft. Make love, not Warcraft. There we go, kids. You can't trust the sword of truth to a noob. <laughs> uh, the sword of a thousand truths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the last non-superhero news that came out of Comic-Con, uh, and one I do want to have a little brief chat about, mm. um, is... I'm, I'm very unsure about this movie. Okay. Um, as previously mentioned, Sam Raimi came out and uh, discussed the Evil Dead TV series, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, we're looking forward to that one. The next bit of news that he announced, I had real mixed feelings about. Um, they've announced that there will be a film adaptation coming very, very soon, based on the PS3 and forthcoming PS4 game, yep. The Last of Us. The Last of Us seriously fucked me up. It really did. Emotion- I was an emotional wreck for a, hmm. for a while after that game. I know a person that broke down and cried about 20 minutes into the game 
because he was affected by what he saw. Mm. Now, Dave, have you played The Last of Us at all? Uh, as previously mentioned, unfortunately, no, I never got around to watching it because, as we said, it came out pretty much this time last year, yeah. which was a, it was a week after I left the job in which I got uh. staff discount so i never bought it and i never played it i now no longer have a ps3 so i've never got around to playing it however i have a lot of friends who played it and told me that it's one of the best games they've ever played you obviously you know like you say i had your emotional experience to it and a lot of people have said that that it is really emotionally draining to actually play it especially if you have various things in your life that trigger off uh, yeah. compared to those things um yeah it, it, it i really want to play it but obviously i don't have a ps4 i don't have a ps3 so i, I can't unfortunately but it the does occasion, look great if the chance ever arises it's mm. something everyone should experience i mean my own personal experience was i finished it and um, usually when i finish a game you go straight into new game plus kind of thing and you you know with your with your leveled up stuff yeah I, I couldn't bear to... I went 20 minutes into it and I stopped and I was like, I cannot sully what I've just experienced. I've experienced what there is to experience. I cannot go on. And um, the ending, which I'm not going to spoil in any way, really messed me up. Like, I... that. Well. So, The Last of Us, um, the experience for me lasted about 10 hours and mm. told one of the best stories in video game history. How the fuck do you think they're going to condense that into a movie mm. that max can be two, yeah. hours, two and a half hours long? It's impossible. Um, the rumor is for, for you, Milksters, is that um, one of the one of the last one of the young lasses from Games of Thrones, uh, I can't remember her name. She is being cherry picked to um, to play the female lead, and um, you know, I, I, usually I'd be really excited about stuff like this, mm. but I don't think um it's i just don't think it should be done yeah, and i love sam sam raimi um i just don't think it should be done i think is that because you think that they can't do it or just that you don't want to see what they do with that source material it would it would have to be the original story about jo the, the, lead, the lead characters mm. joel and ellie yeah um you know, it has been confirmed that it would be Ellie in the movie. Right. And um, I mean, if it's a con if they can't do a con if they can't do a direct sequel to the game, yeah. Because it wouldn't make sense to the people who haven't played the game, and that is going to be a lot of the cinema goers. Let you know. Let's be clear: not everyone that goes to the cinema and is a film fan is a video game fan. Uh, in fact, Robert Ebert famously said that while yeah. there are still books and films to while there are still books to read and films to see, I will never have time to play a video game. And I, you know, the, each their each their own man, each their own. However, I just cannot see how they could condense the story of that emotion and that gravitas mm. to our movie. I, I just can't. So um, I I just think it's yeah. I don't I. I it's not even the fact that The Last of Us is a game and it's interactive. I could happily sit and watch someone play it to get the full story. Yeah. I don't feel I need that interactive experience. But the story that is told is as deep as any book I've ever read. The relationships that are built within the game are as deep as, as any book or film I've seen. 
And um, I just don't feel that it, they could possibly convey that um, on a movie. And then um, it's not the same as like when they made the Watchmen movie, as we said on a previous episode of the Milk and It podcast. They did yeah. the best they could with the source material. I just don't think you should be mucking around with stuff that is eight hours long. Are you? It doesn't take eight hours to read the Watchmen book. You can get through that in a couple of hours quite easily, which is why a movie is a viable thing. Yes, yeah. I think like The Last of Us, which is, as I said, eight to ten, maybe twelve hours, depending on the difficulty. It's, it's. I just don't see. How, I just don't see how it would work. Um, good luck to everyone involved. I would love to see the finished product, um, yeah. but I just do not think it's going to have the same impact that the game. Wow, you can tell I'm passionate about that. Fucking hell. <laughs> right. Run on a bit there. I my apologies, Milks. No, but no. that is what we're here for. The opinions of us geeks. Let us know what you think, guys. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook or milkingitpodcast.com. The Last of Us, should they make the movie? Yay or nay? Dave, let's get on to something that you can jump in on, my friend. Let's get on to some superhero movie news. So hit me with your your superhero (laughs) stick, sir. (laughs) My big old engorged superhero stick. (laughs) Yes. So Comic-Con's been rattling forwards this weekend. Um, there's been, a, a, well, I'm going to use it again, a titload of uh, superhero news, which we need to cover. Um, the main thing I'll leave till the end, but the, the, the first bit I need to mention is that uh, they have been some wonderful Ant-Man images, sir, and some Ant-Man footage, apparently. Yes, no, they've, um, and, and the reveal mm. of another character as well. First of all, let's get this out of the way. They showed a three-minute, what they call a sizzle reel. Yes, yeah. Of uh, Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas in yes, the roles. Yeah. However, they've only <laughs> just announced a new director. I don't think the sizzle reel is going to be what what is going to be the final thing. Um, I don't know. Like they've got this poor movie has gone through mm. so many changes. I mean, this is another. What, going to be another what is apparently going to be another marvel comedy uh, in the same vein as guardians of the galaxy but yeah. obviously uh, first of all the new character unveil is yellow jacket who again i feel terrible but i'm not massively familiar with the character mm. the second second thing to come out of this is apparently the scissor was uh the special effects heavy uh, he manages to shrink down and he he flies on a fly um yes. which kind of sounds like <laughs> a helicopter because it's so quiet uh, so, sorry because he's so small and obviously the sound is bigger I mean, it does sound interesting, but I'm sure that this is coming off the Edgar Wright script as opposed to the... Um, yeah, it, like you say, it, it must be because of the, yeah, the timing of everything. Yeah, it, It's obviously stuff that's been shot under it, the previous director. Shame, but I've lost... I was so excited for it because of who was doing it, but I've mm. said this before... Haven't I? It's you know, it's Adam, it's um, you know, Adam and um, and Edgar Wright. They're out now, and um, Adam McKay is in as the writer. It, it, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, there was a fan-made thing that went up that kind of fooled everyone for a few hours, um, with a list of the titles up to 2019. Mm. Uh, that was that was an exciting 20 seconds before I realised it was fan-made. Um, <laughs> you happened to glimpse? Did you catch glimpse? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, it was stuff like Planet Hulk and the Inhumans, which yeah. has been rumoured to be a movie. But anyway, I sorry, I digress. But yeah, Ant Man, Ant Man was mm. obviously on there and is real. It just ah. Oh, it just doesn't tickle my pickle like 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 it did when it was going to be Edgar Wright produced. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on it yet because Marvel have done no wrong in my eyes. All the films so far have been quality. Absolutely. Hulk abominations. Um, <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere. Hulk mm-hmm. abomination. Anyway, um, but yeah, that is the Ant Man footage. Um, it was oh, it, because of what else has been revealed at Comic Con. Ant Man kind of took a step back. People were kind of happy about it, but not mega excited. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it's. It... It could be one of those films, though, that comes from behind and it's like that kind of sleeper match, to use a wrestling term. Um, I think so many people now are like, oh, yeah, well, it's not going to be very good. If it if it performs, it's going to be really, really cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I, no, I'm going to give it a chance, but you're right. It's, it, yeah. it's got something to prove now, I think. Because yeah. yeah, like we say, Edgar Wright no longer involved, um, Joe Cornish no longer involved, so it's going to be. Uh, an and interesting... again, I've confused Adam and Joe, haven't I? For fuck's sake, it's Joe Cornish, booty. God damn it, Adam and Joe. Yes. Every time, sir. Every time. Um, also in uh, <laughs> in superhero news, we also saw some pictures from Avengers. It looks really cool. Mm, um, it certainly does. Yes. I would love to see the, the clips that have been shown at Comic-Con. Unfortunately, no one's leaked those online yet. Come on. Come on, you you illegal leakers. Get on that, please. <laughs> um, I've heard nothing but good things coming yeah. out of uh, the Avengers 2. The panel looked fantastic. They had literally everyone. They had mm. Robert Downey Jr. Flown, throwing roses into the crowd. Josh Brolin was there. You got to see your first glimpse of Thanos sitting on his throne full face on. So we yeah. know exactly. It looks like I know he's going to look like nearly identical to the comic book. That's going to be awesome. That's very cool. Um, the first um, kind of posters went up as well. Uh, Vision can be seen from a distance, but Paul Bettany was there to talk about mm. uh, character. I, I, you know what? It's going to be great. Um, it, I'm probably more excited about the DC alternative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's because I've got to. I've had a more hands-on approach. I've been able to see it. If I can see the Avengers 2 trailer that showed at Comic-Con, I think I'd probably be a lot more excited. No, definitely. I, I think like Marvel have got everything right so far in terms of their movie universe, and we know what to expect from it. And I think DC have used Comic-Con the past few years to expose, like, right, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, this is how you can get excited about it. So it, it, for DC, it's, it's a much bigger event, maybe. In terms, maybe just because I'm a massive DC mark, but for me, the DC stuff is always the big reveal. Whereas the Marvel stuff, we've kind of got conditioned to. They know what they're doing, so there is going to be this trailer, there is going to be this exposure. Um, and but no, Avengers two looks really good. Age of Ultron, I'm excited about the bits they've shown. I, I, I to the fact that I went online and researched some characters to kind of go, oh, who's he? Okay. Oh, are you right? Yeah, okay, I understand who he is now. So yeah, definitely, definitely interested in watching that. Avengers 2 looks great and Robert Downey Jr. in, in that press junket just killed it. He was so funny. He is so the king funny. of Comic-Con and has been for like the last five or six years. So uh... Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. Um, um, sorry, just a, just cool. another quick slip at Marvel News is that mm. they've already announced Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I mean, what a shocker. A very successful and well-received Marvel film is going to get a sequel, Dave. Well, no, you you say what a shocker, but this was a, a punt. This was one that they weren't sure they were going to do another one of. 
they, they weren't signed up for any sequels in their contracts so it was very much a right we're going to push this franchise out let's see how it does and they've obviously decided literally on the opening weekend and the buzz that they're getting right they can predict yes we're going to make our money back yes it's worth doing a second or third one or whatever they sign them up for but like I say everyone who's watched it seems to think it's good you know what this means don't you Dave we're not going to get Batista back anytime soon in the WWE well that's no bad thing is it no I <laughs> know <laughs> completely I'm a fan of the wrestler big fan of the guy really great Dave's Dave Batista is a fantastic guy. He did a really good video against cancer a couple of years yep. ago that was really heartwarming. Love the guy as a person. Um, not so big on him um, as a wrestler. As a wrestler, no, not at all. It's slaves leave it at that. This has been. A, there's more wrestling to come in this episode, anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be a little bit tacked on to the end. Um, so, well, I, well, come on, Dave. Let's get on to the main event now. I think we are at the main event. So. I can't be bothered to do the Michael Buffer thing. Right, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> Let's get ready to grumble. Uh, no, wearing so. very, very black trunks. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so the main event for today's Milking It podcast is the fact they showed yesterday, when we were recording, um, a teaser for... Oh, Batman. Dave, let's, let's start at the start. First uh, thing they showed, Mr... Was we got our first look at Wonder Woman? Oh fuck yes! Sorry, yes. Let's not forget Wonder Woman, who looked great. I yeah, thought no, um, Mr. Booley. Ah, uh, oh god, I'm probably going to come across as a right fucking big uh, bastard this episode. Um, I like my Wonder Woman to have a bit more meat on her bones. I know no, that probably sounds do, yeah, really cheeky. You, you said this when I, they announced her as the actress, so yeah, that's not yeah, a surprise. I, I, yeah, I'm, but, but, you know, I loved. I, 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 I still think they should have gone more Xena than um, than a you know a skinny model, but I will hold fire off until I actually see her acting and see how she you know acts as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's obviously not a character I'm really big on. Mm. Um, definitely a she's a, a you know she is a feminist icon. She is a you know she is a symbol of female empowerment, and that's awesome. But uh, as I said, I like I'm, my Wonder Woman. It was in, from my day. Was a you know she was a bigger woman. She was an Amazon in every. She is the queen of the Amazons. I want an Amazon. However, the costume looks great. The whip was there. The sword was there. Let's yep. see how she goes. Good luck to you, Gal Gadot. You're going to need it because you are entering a world of fanboydom uh, that you may not be able to handle. But best of luck. And uh, like we've said, uh, obviously we we talked about previously whether the next movie would be a kind of. Genesis movie in the sense of like finding out where all the characters come from. It doesn't look like it. She looks like Wonder Woman, so I imagine she is appearing as Wonder Woman. So it's he is not kind of doing a an origin story. It's gonna be right. Well, well it's kind of difficult. Do you know the origin story of Wonder Woman? Uh, vaguely, yeah. To the island um, as a child, mm. can't really unless you'll see that. And okay. then she's made right. queen of Amazon, so um, you know it'd be difficult to do an, uh, an origin story because she just comes from, you know, she she just is queen. You know, wonderful. Yeah. Also, with Cyborg in the movie, we still haven't seen him yet. Maybe yep. we'll get an origin of Cyborg. But Dave, it all looks like it's Batman looks old. 
from what we're about to talk about as well, the mm-hmm. fact that uh, we, I mean we'll get onto it. We'll get onto it. The, the about the teaser trailer. It kind of looks like this is set in a in the future as opposed to like needing origins. Yes, I think it, it it's an entirely self-contained little universe that he's created and i cannot be more excited about it they showed a teaser at comic-con which was available for about 25 seconds online because someone filmed it god bless him for doing that and i'm sure they will put that teaser online very very soon because it, it, it there is no reason why they won't show it to the rest of the world because obviously comic-con is the place to get that out there but last year at Comic-Con, uh, when they announced that it was going to be Superman versus Batman, when everyone got excited and all up in arms, absolutely fantastic. And it looks like they're going down that same route because this year they showed a teaser trailer, which without a doubt is one of the greatest things I have seen in the past 12 months. I've, uh, Boo, have you had a chance to check it out? Maybe as a sneaky one online? I have definitely seen this, Dave. It was awesome, and um, mm. obviously the video was recorded on a phone that somebody was there, but you could hear the fanboys coming. They, they were screaming. Um, just I'll, I'll start off the description now. As I said before, I have a feeling this is set in the future. Really? You see Batman pulling the ta- a tarpaulin. A tarpaulin, yes. yes. Off the, a very dusty and old bat symbol. That signal, my apologies. Yes, but um, but the bat signal is a Frank Miller Batman uh, icon. When you when you look at the actual Batman symbol, it is the Frank Miller stumpy Batman signal. Um, the second thing to take from this trailer is that Batman is in a heavy suit of armor with white eyes lighting up. He, re- he pulls back the tarpaulin, yeah. turns on the bat signal, lighting up the sky. And who should be flying in the sky, David? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? <laughs> nah, fuck that. It's Superman with bright red eyes. Oh, I know. It's it's Bat Superman ready to uh, unleash his heat vision, sir. It's, yes, it's a proper moment that you recognise from the graphic novel. It's so good. There is absolutely no dialogue. It's just, it's filmed in this massive thunderstorm and it's so atmospheric and i'm i'm getting goosebumps talking about it now but it is just the most geeky wonderful thing you'll ever watch it looks I have a so feeling, good uh, i have a feeling we'll see a heel uh <laughs> superman briefly does that red does that involve red kryptonite making him a little bit crazy yes i think so i from what i remember from the original graphic novel i think so but I just think the fact that they have now so far unveiled two suits, which is what we said, they've unveiled the original sort of Frank Miller suit, but they've also now involved the Mecha suit. And oh, I cannot wait to watch this film. Honestly, everything about this film. And as we keep saying, it's two years away. Yeah, but I cannot wait to see this film. It's, it is going to fulfill every geeky fantasy I have and- ever had. And they, for me, this uh, leaked video was definitely the highlight of the San Diego Comic-Con 2014. Absolutely. So that was our review of, of the Comic-Con 2014. You know, Dave, some of the most offensive stories ever written online, hmm. for example, the one about Mickey Mouse sucking off Captain Picard, 
all of that comes under the uh, the title of fan fiction, which ironically is what Jay's talking about this week. Yes, we join Jay as he tells us a little bit about the phenomena that is fan fiction. To celebrate the 30th episode of the Milking It podcast, I've scoured the internet to look at other people's backstory bollocks. Or as they call it, fan fiction. Yes, fan fiction. God, fan fiction, eh? There's nothing sadder than a nerd sitting at home writing unauthorised, poorly composed stories about geek culture icons, is there? Honestly, get a life, losers. <laughs> uh, what's that over there? Oh, I've, I, there it is. Sorry, kids, I've just spotted myself awareness on top of the plate cupboard in the kitchen. I've been looking for that for the last couple of years. I'll just reach and get it. Ah, yes, that's better. Oh. Maybe it's not. Maybe I should just put myself awareness back. Oh, God, I've done some terrible things. So, yes, where was I? Anyway, fan fiction and its seedy little brother slash fiction are a thing. Some are well written. Some even eclipse the source material they're based on. Some are perverse and some are downright illegible. There's a lot out there. A veritable jungle of the odd and unseemly. Reverberating with the whooping calls of a thousand monkeys armed with a thousand typewriters. So let's pick up our machete and cut a swathe as we track down my personal top five of the weirdest fan fictions on the internet. Chad Kruger and Nicolas Cage. Okay, so not every person on this list is going to be fictitious. I can assure you, though, that the situations they find themselves in are most definitely fictitious. So, Tumblr user Bowie is a wizard apparently has a very broad taste. They appear to enjoy both the evolving genius of David Bowie going by their username, but also the middle-of-the-road pop-rock mediocrity of Avril Lavigne's other half's musical outfit. Bowie is a wizard apparently wants to break dear Avril's heart, as they've sent off her hubby for an illicit tryst with gurning goofball genius actor Nicolas Cage. Scandal! But there's more to this, as this quote from Chad Kruger reveals. I've always wanted you, but... He looks away, his voice quiet. I'm... I'm actually... He places his hand on Nicholas's face. I'm pregnant. Right. Pong! Anyone for tennis? Yes, apparently so. You see, there are 114 Pong fanfictions on fanfiction.net alone. 114! Yes, that Pong. The rudimentary 70s tennis simulator featuring a pair of bats and a decidedly square ball. Incredible. Sure, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheekery going on here, no doubt some of which partly inspired by Charlie Brooker's great work when he penned TV Go Home. But some of these synopses sound extraordinary. Let's take a look at just three. The Last Chance. Imprisoned and exhausted, Bull knows he has only one chance to escape. Blood and thunder. The arena roars in anticipation of the battle of a lifetime. Two titans clash. One will fall. One will triumph. Don't miss out on this epic of bloody 
thunderous proportions. And, finally, Pong, a curse. A man has been playing Pong for his entire life, ever since he was six. He is, in a way, cursed to play it. But one day, he meets a woman and falls in love with her. Will love lift the curse of Pong? James Bond and Pinocchio. James Bond has had many adversaries in his 50 years as a super spy and a cultural icon. None have been more of a thorn in his well-dressed side than Scepter, the rival spy organisation. He has thwarted their plans countless times, but he's never defeated them outright. Perhaps he needs to speak to fanfiction.net writer Coral Snake USA, who has penned the incredible You're a Donkey Twice. In this tale, 007 finally ends Scepter with the help of dimensional hopping characters Geppetto, Lampwick, Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. God, call yourself military intelligence, M. Jeez. Here's hoping that this is the storyline for the next Bond film, because after all, there hasn't been a wooden character in the Bond films since Denise Richards' Christmas Jones. Anyway, here's an excerpt. James Bond's view of M's three guests changed when he saw not a microphone under the hat, but a rather large, clothed, anthropomorphic cricket. Well, yes, I would imagine it would probably change. The Lion King with the cast of the Golden Girls as cubs. There's not really a lot more I can say beyond that title. I mean, I could tell you that Musafa fathered four other cubs at the same time as Simba, and that those cubs had the consciousness of the Golden Girls. Yes, the Golden Girls, the 80s American sitcom about the trials and tribulations of four old ladies and their love lives. I can also tell you that the Dorothy version of the cub gains telekinetic powers, because why the fuck not? I can also tell you that the writer only managed two chapters of this idea before they gave up on it, perhaps realising that they're probably one step away from pulling the legs off animals or burning down orphanages, or eating a child. Instead, I'll just read this passage, which involves the Jean Grey-skilled old lady lion cub I mentioned earlier, using her superpowers for good, protecting the story's protagonist Simba from a herd of buffalo. But then one of the buffalo charged right at us, and then, before I knew, Dorothy activated a pink, transparent, glossy, telekinetic bubble and barricaded the both of us from that buffalo. The buffalo smashed right into the bubble and was instantly electrocuted and stunned into a paralysing daze. He then swooned to the ground and the rest of the herd lunged right for us. Fire away, pussycat, I commanded Dorothy, challengingly. And then Dorothy shot and discharged streaks of pink lightning bolts from the telekinetic bubble in a flare of fury and then several of the buffalo were stunned and electrocuted as electricity spewed out through their bodies and were flattened to the ground. Good, yes. The final entry, Goku from Dragon Ball Z and Anne Frank. Thanks to Crack.com, I know this exists. Yes, Goku, the star of the long-running high-octane dueling anime, Dragon Ball Z, travels back in time via a portal to meet genuine tragic Holocaust victim, Anne Frank. Unbelievable. That might seem a little disrespectful to some. Most. 
all, but it does have a happier ending than Anne's own sad, true, tragic demise. You see, Goku and the 14-year-old Anne travel to Australia at the end of the story and get married. After, of course, they've battled and defeated the entire Third Reich across Europe, of course. Oh, and uh, in the final battle, this happens. Hitler continued laughing, then finally said, Goku, you came here expecting to find a madman, but instead you found a god. Hitler had become a super scion. Now, there are far more stories I could have read, I could have picked quite a few more. There's a very famous one called My Immortal, which I demand you check out right away. There's also fan fictions based on uh, Jesus having sex with uh, one-hit wonder Soldier Boy. That's, uh, that's another good one. But maybe I'll come back to this another day. Goodbye. So, that was episode 30. Can you imagine episode 30? A bit of a long one, and thank you for sticking with us. Uh, you can get in contact with us at themilkingitpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email, or themilkingitpodcast.com. And you can also reach us at T-Tugger, as mentioned earlier on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's T-E-A-T, Tugger, T-U-G-G-E-R. Um, join us for the quietest chat on Twitter of all time. Um, we want to get your opinions definitely. on everything that happened at the San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. Uh, I definitely want to hear what you guys have to think about The Last of Us. Get involved. Get in contact with us. We love to hear from you, Milksters, from around the world. Absolutely. So, as always, I've been David Davis. And I've been Boulamont. And join us next time for more of a peek at the world of geek at the Milking It podcast. Bye. You want to milk it in you know. And uh, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling podcasts. I'm a big fan of uh, of film podcasts. And I'm a a big fan of uh, the tits podcast, in my opinion. Only thing they need to do, Mr. Lamont, and Mr. Peppers, they need to slow it down. They need to give the fans chance to see and to feel. I'm going to get a lot of heat on Twitter about that, but they need to slow it down, give the fans chance to see it and feel it. It's just basics. <laughs>